0: And in,
1: here it comes again. <laughs> hello, hello. We are back again. I have Ron White in the studio today, along with Micah Malone, repeat guest. How was everyone today?
2: Man, that's cool. That is the coolest introduction i have i've heard a lot of podcasts that is the coolest introduction i've ever heard to any podcast ever is that you Thank is you. that your music yeah oh really yeah is that you singing yeah
0: oh really all
2: right <laughs> <laughs> are you for hire because i might want to hire yeah, you yeah man uh, that would be awesome we can, we can work something out that would be awesome
0: <laughs> i told him that last time too every time i hear it it cracks me.
1: <laughs> that was the first thing that came out
2: Podcast intros don't normally stand out. Tim Ferriss has a podcast, mm-hmm. uh, and his intro stands out. It's like a computer-generated, you know, this is the future, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah, right, right. But uh, yours stands out on the same level. That's, that's awesome.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that.
2: <laughs> I was a little flattered right there. <laughs> I
1: wish I had Tim Ferriss' money.
2: Right. Well, maybe one day, you know. <laughs> his He came out with that book, The Four-Hour Work Week, and, you know, it just... Yeah, we're, I'm, we're I'm waiting crazy. for everyone to catch on to that. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Micah, we already know a little bit about you, but give the listeners a refresher, a refresher on your uh, age and occupation.
0: Cool. Um, Micah Malone, I'm 37 years old. Um, I'm a tattoo artist here locally in Arlington. That's what I do for a living mainly. And then I also teach Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu at Peak Performance in Watauga. I've been teaching... I guess since around 2010, 2011, somewhere around there. I'm a black belt under Juan Tatum, and I love everything about it. But we should probably get to the interesting person in the room because I'm kind of stale in comparison
2: to, <laughs> no, the, to know, the old guy on the left. You're interested, you're interested to me, that's for sure.
1: All right, Ron, what is your age, and what do you currently do
2: for a living? Well, I am uh, 46 years old. I know that's... It seems impossible because I look like I'm 26, but uh, (laughs) I don't, man. I'm 46. definitely look 46. But I uh, uh, live in Fort Worth, and I am uh, a memory expert. I teach people how to improve their memory. I was the uh, two-time USA memory champion. Uh, I used to hold the record for the fastest to memorize a deck of cards in the United States. And believe it or not, there is uh, a determination on how you do that. Before I get into that, I will say one of my hobbies is and uh, what i like to do to keep fit and i like to keep you know when i say fit i you know i should run around a podcast i should put my two fingers up and do the quotes you know when i say that (laughs) but uh to stay a little bit you know a little bit fit Mm -hmm. is jujitsu and that's how i know micah i uh, regularly get my ass kicked at peak performance in Wataga. Uh I, I was telling Micah I rolled with him. That's what you when you go against each other in jiu-jitsu, you call it roll. And I went against him last week. And it's always an ass kicking. I mean it's never not when you go against Micah. But it's just last time it was just comedy. You know, he was talking to me, insulting my moves as he was kicking my ass last week. <laughs> but uh that is one of my hobbies and something I enjoy. Uh then I'd be happy to talk more about that but what you know it, peak performance in Watauga with Juan Tatum as well but uh my job I guess you could say and I started when I was 18 so I've been doing this 28 years is wow. is the memory field uh the the one record I held was the fastest to memorize a deck of cards mm-hmm. And that record stood for about two years. And then I held another record for the longest number ever memorized in five minutes uh, in the United States. I memorized a 167-digit number in five minutes, and they, they took the paper away. And then I wrote it out. And that record stood for about a year. Wow. That's wild, man. A year. Yeah. Only a year. That seems like a, a fucking lifetime. Well, okay, so here's the, but here's the thing. It is it is a lifetime, but the way they judge these things is, you know, they're the judges meet and all the participants meet and the participants meet once a year. So the next time oh, it was okay. up to get broken, it got broke. <laughs> sure. But, you know, it, it, was, it was not like, you know, there's 50 people in the room trying to break this record and they're not really necessarily trying to break the record. They're just trying to do the best they can. Okay. And in the process, they broke the record, but... Uh, it was, it was, I think the guy who broke it was the only guy out of 50 people going for it that got it. So, right. Yeah.
1: I, I want to say, I saw a video recently of a girl that memorized, I don't know how how many numbers it was, but she broke down her process where she, she picked these three specific numbers and she made a story of the, the one and the three and the six of how the one plus the three equals this. And then that is a bear somehow. And then it, I don't know what it was. It was just a crazy long detailed thing. And she had this whole story for every little group of numbers. And it was so long, so many stories. So it's like she created a movie basically to do those. And is that something similar to what you would
2: do? Yes. And I know who you're talking about and I know the show you're talking about. It's on Netflix right now. It's okay. uh, is that correct? You I th- saw it on th- something like th- Netflix? it was, it was a clip of something. So
1: it, maybe it was from that show.
2: Yeah, I think it was, uh, that girl's from Mongolia, and uh, she is brilliant, and she's she's. Uh, – I'm guessing. I'm guessing. I mean, the odds – I'm 99% sure that's who you're talking about. And that's the exact same system where you create images for you, whatever you want to remember. And then you see these images in pl- locations in your brain. And it's a 2,500-year-old memory technique. It's known as the memory palace or the mind palace. And so that's what she's using. And, but it's, it all goes back to images. For example, you meet somebody and you, you see their face. Mm -hmm. Then six weeks later, you see them again. Well, what do you remember? You remember their face and not their name because you saw the face. So the mind thinks in pictures. Uh, But uh, I'm here, the memory guy. And I, uh, uh, there was a TV show in uh, Tennessee. Gosh, what's the? Ask me another question, I'll think of the name of this show. <laughs> but they asked me and her to be on the show to compete against each other. And what they they suggested that we do was not possible. And so I told them, well, it's not possible to do it in that time frame. And uh, so they asked her, and she said, yeah, it's possible, which it wasn't. And then, so then they said, well, okay, we're not going to have you on, me on, then. And oh, they had her sorry. on, and she didn't even do what they asked. But anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah, she's, she's very knowledgeable, though. Very good. That's cool.
1: It was a very elaborate, uh, elaborate way of going about that. You know, how she explained it at least. Yeah. Looks like I think it came with some animated pictures or something. She's explaining it and then I guess someone else drew
0: it and yeah. it was
1: showing what she's probably saying in her head. Very crazy to me. The face <laughs> I thing get it, though. makes totally a
0: lot get it. of sense because I can always Danielle trips out when we're watching T V shows or movies or, or anything. I can say oh, that guy was in that TV show back in, like, 84, you know, as a little kid. And I can always point out the face, but I'll, I'll say, what the fuck was that dude's name? I can't remember the name, though. And But uh, that makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's think- like an association of some sort. Mm-hmm. You see them both together, that makes that a
2: better connection. Yeah, it is. it is. I was I was looking up something. I couldn't find it. But whatever you want to remember, if you can create a picture for it, there's a better chance that you will remember it. Uh, If you want, this is kind of, you might find it a little bit interesting. If you want, do you you want me to do a demonstration here for you and kind of show you? Sure. Okay. So if you want to, if you have a piece of paper or you want to type it into your cell phone or however you want to do this, and then I'm also going to look up this information. I think it might be interesting for you. But I can, I'll show you how that I memorized this number. Uh, The 167 digits? Yeah. And the easiest way for me to show you how to do it is just to do it. So this is what I'm going to do on this piece of paper right here. I'm going to draw 25 blanks. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. I know this is audio and not a video. So basically what I've done is I've drawn 25 blanks on this piece of paper. And what I'm going to have you do is start right here and go this way. And in, in each blank, I want you to write a two-digit number, a number between ten and ninety-nine. But do it at a pace where I kind of uh, i'll 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 look at the paper as you're doing it, or maybe mm-hmm. you could just say the numbers out loud. That way, the people listening could hear. And well, let me. What's just, the first two digits? Just I'm, random. Yeah, random two digits. I'll kind of patient. Maybe Micah can help with the number two. Okay. So give me a two-digit number,
1: Rusty. S- seven seventy-eight. Seventy-eight.
2: That? So write seven eight right there. Seventy-eight. And Micah, uh, a two-digit number? 34. 34. Okay. 26. 26. 17. Right. 26, 17. Eight. Eight. I guess I'll let y'all just go ahead and create the number, and then I'll look at it when you're done.
1: Okay. Fair enough. I'm going 31. 41.
0: 12. 78. Oh, I said 78. See you how bad my again. memory is? You do it, you you do it, do it again. again. It doesn't again. matter. Oh, fuck it. I'll do it again. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, 29. Four. Good call. Four?
2: Uh, Oh, it's a one-digit. I got to do two digits, right? No, that's okay. You can do two digits. We can do it there. That's fine. But why is four such a good number? I wasn't thinking singles. I was thinking doubles. Yeah, but go ahead and do two digits, and I'll tell you why in a second. Okay. Can I do zero four? You can.
1: All right. I was going to say, let's do the zero four. Keep it real. Um, 30. 88. Michael
0: Irvin. 66. Sixty.
1: Twenty two. Fourteen. Fourteen. I'm gonna go forty two. Because it doesn't matter. I can do the
2: same one anyway, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zero seven. Zero seven. Micah's a troublemaker here. Okay. <laughs> right. <All> right. <laughs> Zero seven. Okay.
1: Um I have to stop looking at this paper. That's what's throwing me off. How about seventy
2: three? Eleven. <laughs> that might throw me off. So we're we're we got about five more pairs left now. Okay. Nineteen. uh
1: fifty seven.
2: Seven ninety-three. Seventy-five. Sixty. Is that? that? That's it. Okay. So what I'm gonna do, and while I'm doing this, maybe about i am I'm gonna look at this for about sixty seconds. And so y'all can talk if you want during that sixty seconds or whatever, but give me about sixty seconds here, and then I'll I'll see how I do with this. How's that?
1: So if we talk, it's not going to distract you.
2: It will, but that's okay. <laughs> we need y'all need to talk because uh, it's a podcast, right? Nobody. Well, I mean, wants... I I,
1: I, I edit stuff out anyway. No, 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 so... no. Go
2: ahead and talk. Go ahead and talk. <laughs> It'll make it fun. That's uh, less time than it
0: took me to say all those numbers. Right. Hey, I'm going to have Dustin on Friday. Oh, cool! I think he mentioned something about that. And then yep. I
1: told you that Aubrey wanted to be on and she reached out again too, so I'm probably gonna have her on next month.
0: Get ready, <laughs> homie. Get ready. That'll be wild, dude. Aubrey is pretty colorful. <laughs>
1: we've we've had a little a couple of back and forths about it. I think nothing
0: in detail, it's just I think if you were to have Dustin, Aubrey on and then somehow everybody knew and heard all of us together at some point either individual podcast you'd understand that why we all are a little bit the way we are that's pretty funny i imagine i imagine dustin's gonna be great you know he's got a lot of really cool shit to say but i bet aubrey blows the top off of this (laughs) thing yeah i 100 percent kind of guarantee that yeah yeah (laughs) I ain't got shit on it. my sister. That's yeah. for sure. She can she can tell a story, and it's far more unfiltered than mine. So
2: mm-hmm. brace yourselves. Right. <laughs> All right. So I think I got this. I, it is a little bit distracting, but that that's okay. That's what I uh, what I do. Hang on a second. So um, uh, almost there. Let me, let me let me go. Let me go one one more time through here. That's fine. Okay. I don't know. I honestly don't know how I'm gonna do. Uh but I'll do probably pretty good. Say- <laughs> I should have <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Oh,
1: no. Was it the zeros? <laughs> yeah, the zeros got it.
2: Okay, so let me see. I'll I'll say this. I believe it's pretty close to uh let's see, seven seven, eight, three, four, two six, one seven, three one, four, one, one, two. And then after the one, two, it is a seven. Eight and then two nine uh, zero four three zero is that right so far? <laughs> yes. Then eight eight uh, and then six 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 zero two two one four four two zero seven and then uh, seven three and then uh is it one 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 nine mm-hmm. and then uh five seven nine three seven five six zero <laughs> <Is that right? laughs> fucking boom 100 percent okay, 100%. okay. So 100%. okay. Well, that's right.
1: awesome i wish i had a red pen to write a hundred percent a hundred percent that All was right. amazing
2: well it's a system i'm doing the same thing uh that in the in the video that uh, you heard was so what i what i did here is every number for me is a picture so mm-hmm. every number for me is a picture the first one you wrote down was 78 and i think of somebody coughing and it just it just is it doesn't matter we could pick it whatever number you whatever picture you wanted mm-hmm. so you write down 78 i think of somebody coughing and i imagine that on the first piece of furniture in my house And then the next piece of word you wrote down, and I say word, it's a number, but to me it really is a word, Mm -hmm. is three, four. So I see a lawnmower on my second piece of furniture. So really what I'm doing here is you're writing down numbers. I'm thinking of words, and I'm placing these words on pieces of furniture in my house.
0: So there's a visual reference for it in a yeah. sense, right? Like, oh, I've seen that before. I've yeah. seen that before.
1: Exactly. So ah. for the for the lawnmower, we're, do you picture the number 34 on the lawnmower? To
2: No, I don't because the lawnmower is 34 to me. So all I've got to do, you know, and it's like
1: it's like another language. It is. Right.
2: People always look at, you know, they see me do this and they're like, there's no way I can learn how to do that. And I ask them, do you think you could learn Spanish? They're like, well, yeah, I think I could learn Spanish if I put in the time. I'm like, well, this is the same (laughs) thing. thing, If you put in the time to learn this language, which is the language of memory, you could learn how you could learn to do it. Uh, but it's not here. Uh, let me do. Let me do one more thing. So let's start. I'm going to say it backwards now. So look at the last digit, which is a zero, and I'll start at that zero, and I'll say it all backwards now. Okay. So backwards, it is zero six, and then five seven, and then three nine, and then seven five nine one 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 three seven seven zero two four four one two two. And then zero six 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 eight eight uh, zero three four zero and then did I miss one Micah? Okay, I saw you react there. So then after the four zero, it is nine two, and then after that nine two. Uh, okay, hang on one second. Nine two. It's eight seven. Is that right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then two one one four one three, and then um. Uh, seven one six two, and then four three eight seven. That's it. Okay. Right. That's amazing. All all right. Right. awesome. Now, if I could just learn how to memorize jujitsu like this, maybe <laughs> I could go more than thirty seconds with Micah. So right. Are are
0: all your double digits visuals? Is that is that how you do it? Like, I need two. I need two numbers, and then I can place that on an object.
2: Well, see, the reason that's it's a it's a legitimate question because I. You said four earlier, and I said, no, let's make it two digits. Mm -hmm. Here's why. It really doesn't matter. You could have given me single digits here, but I drew 25 blanks on this piece of paper. So if you wrote a single digit in every blank, I'm memorizing a 25-digit number. But if you put two digits in every blank, I'm memorizing a 50-digit number. So it's longer, so I just thought it might be more impressive. Okay, all right. you, in re, So in reality, and by the way, that is exactly how I broke my record whenever I broke it for the fastest to memorize a deck of cards. So there's 52 cards in a deck. So the average person at this memory tournament, at least back in 2009 when I broke my record, had one picture for every card. So to memorize 52 cards, they were having 52 pictures. Mm-hmm. So then I found a system in 2008 where you could memorize three cards at a time. So I was putting three cards on one piece of furniture. Uh, So I was memorizing three times as fast. So I guess what I'm saying is, is if we were, if I was doing this demonstration and one person was doing one, a single digit in every blank and I was doing two digits in every blank, I'd be memorizing twice as fast. Yeah. Does that kinda of make sense? It I, does make sense. I didn't feel like I'd
0: explained that way. No, that made sense. So the, do the two digits almost work like an addition problem sometimes? I know whenever – I used to always memorize my credit card. Yeah. All, I'd get it, and that would be the first thing I could do. And I could do blocks of four kind of easy, but right. I would do them in two. So seven and eight would be 15, and three and four would be seven. And oh, that's yeah. how I would remember my yeah. first four digits. Yeah. And I did that a lot with the last four digits of a phone number when I was a kid because we didn't used to always have so many uh, – six eight twos and area codes and differences there was everybody was a little closer the phone numbers were closer together so i never felt like i needed to memorize the first three just the last four and i used to do it like that i'd add the first two and then the last two and it that's how i'd remember it and i'd say oh well if, if it was a 10 i would say well i did that with a seven and a three so that's what it was and that's Kind of how I
1: yeah that seems confusing.
0: (laughs) It is, is, but it makes sense. It
2: totally made sense to me, and I and 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 I think the reason it worked, it worked because it was forcing your brain to look at the numbers and think of a way to make them make sense. Which is exactly it's really the only thing I'm doing. I'm like looking at these numbers and I'm like saying, okay, brain, let's find a way to make this make sense to me. Mm -hmm. Somebody coughing, somebody mowing a lawn. You were doing the same thing. You were making them make sense, but you were making them make sense through addition. Yeah. Plus you were by thinking about them and focusing on them for a second, that strengthened the memory. So I think that's just something you were naturally doing. And that's awesome. That works the way that that made sense. Would that
1: be like a, like a different memory language? Well, I guess so. His memory language is different than yours.
2: Yeah. Maybe so. His natural, the way he's naturally doing it. Maybe his is slang. And so seven, <laughs> 78 is
0: always some, someone coughing? It is, because okay. here's the
2: deal. So I've assigned a, and I say I have, it's an accepted system that a lot of people use. But seven is always the cough sound, like a K. And F is always the eight sound, or, or excuse me. Yeah, eight and F are interchangeable, okay. or the All fuh right. sound. So 78's a cough. Uh, hmm. if you okay. do it the other way 87 fa and ka, it could be profanity <laughs> you know what I'm saying that was a perfect first
0: number yeah that's the perfect number I am
2: impressed with you guys I was like okay how long are we gonna go we got 25 chances till they spit out 69 and you guys did not do it like that's you funny. Know, it's good just, call
0: it's been wore out man I ain't, yeah. got, I ain't got the energy to do that shit anymore you're anyway. going for it's the like, original I joke. you didn't take the ups. obvious
1: so on the way so on the way back when you're going in reverse we have 278 so you had two fucks in there yeah i did <laughs> yeah, you
0: gave them both <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, correctly frontwards and backwards
2: people always think it's harder to say it backwards than it is forwards but it's really not one you're just walking through your house forwards and one you're just walking through your house backwards and then when i get to each piece of furniture i'll see a 78 on that piece of furniture so i just flip it you know i got you that's but, pretty cool
0: yeah i wouldn't have thought of that so it is a picture, but it's more of just it's a word that turns into a picture.
2: It's words. So it, this system's been around twenty five hundred years. It was developed in Greece by a man named Simonides. And as the story goes, I don't know if this story is true or not, but I've a, I actually read a book uh, last week. I got it off Amazon. That was there was a guy named Cicero. He was in the Roman Senate. You know, I suppose one of the great Roman emperors or whatever, but he was known to be able to master his memory. So I bought this book, uh, of letters that he wrote, you know, just out of curiosity, if there was anything he wrote about memory. So I buy the book last week on Amazon, I opened up the book and I looked in the index in the back for memory mm-hmm. and there was, there was some things he talked about memory. So I went to those pages and, uh, he was talking about this story that I'll share with you right now that I've been telling I've been doing this 28 years for 28 years as truth and it supposedly happened 2500 years ago well cicero wrote about this same story 2000 years ago so it gives me some validity oh, wow. that maybe okay. there is some but here's the story as this this is the story 2500 years ago there's this guy in greece and he is at a banquet and the roof starts, you know, it's an old building or whatever, I don't know. The roof collapses, but Simonides escapes somehow. He doesn't get crushed. They take the rocks off the people. A couple days later, everybody's crushed. They can't recognize them. And they said, Simonides, you were in this room. Can you tell us where, who was who so we can identify the bodies? Because you couldn't recognize them. And he said, well, Rusty was there. Micah was there. Bob was there. Steve was there. And then the light bulb goes off in his head. It's been days, but I can still tell you where everybody was sitting in the room. Yeah. So as the story goes, he goes back and he maps out his house and he picks locations all around his house. You know, the, the That's going to be number one. That's going to be number two. That's going to be number three. And then the next time he had a list of things he wanted to memorize, he placed the first... Thing he wanted to memorize in the first place in his house the second thing he wanted to memorize mentally he imagined in the second place and that's exactly what i did right there with those numbers i placed 78 in the first location of my house which is a desk so i see a guy coughing and he's coughing all over this desk so that's i mean that's roughly you know kind of how it works there that's great that's pretty neat <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that's not how i would wow right. you know you've
0: yeah. been you've been coming around the gym for years and everybody knows what you what you do and but um i guess i ignorantly assumed you did it like i did it like right. oh i just you just made smaller numbers out of more numbers yeah. right and uh, but no i, I never would have thought of that but that that
2: makes a hundred percent sense well, you've probably known know you me say it. six years or something like that, and you've yeah. never seen me memorize a string of No, knives.
0: no, I'm not asking you to do parlor no, right. tricks <laughs> at your gym and shit. No, hey, I come to, this, to stay come alive. To this party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on, come on. We're going to invite Ron. To check out what he can do. You know, no, that's not it. Yeah. So I guess that. At jujitsu, it's jujitsu time.
2: Yeah, I'm just trying to stay alive, you know. And yeah. <laughs> maybe, and my frustrating thing with jujitsu, honestly, other than I know I should stretch more because if I stretched more, I'd get more out of jujitsu because I got to go because you know I got a bad back, I'm an old man or whatever. But that's just an excuse. That's just an excuse. Really is all it, it is. is. I need to make time to do it. And so here's another thing I'll say, and as I say it, I realize it's just an excuse. I <laughs> need to. I want to remember more jujitsu. You know, and, and a lot of it for me is just survival. You walk in that door, and you're just trying to survive. And I don't put the – mint. I don't – I, I want to put more of this type of – See, I mean, you can't memorize jiu If you get out there – I mean, memorize it in this sense. I, I could memorize a bunch of moves and then get out. You want it to be muscle memory, right? Sure. Yeah. So yeah. that's really the goal.
0: Well, um, Well, I guess that's interesting because maybe my method of that is if I'm grappling with somebody and I experience something new uh, from that person or just anybody, if if it's something I've never felt, then I remember that feeling. Right. And then I want to know how to apply that feeling. You know, if uh, you've been in tons of my classes, everything is about making somebody feel a certain way and then reacting to that feeling i'm i'm more of a smasher you know i'm i'm a guy that goes through the middle i'm i'm not running around and jumping around and kicking and shit i would rather just get to you stick to you and pressure you to a certain spot so i remember most of it by how it feels we all know arm bars work because they they fucking hurt when it happens right and uh chokes why do they work but What about the things in between there, the positions in between that? How is that person feeling there? Are they feeling like they're in danger? Are they comfortable? Are they making noise? You know, I love that when people start gurgling and huffing and puffing. (laughs) So then I know I'm doing a good job. And and then when somebody does that to me, my brain instantly goes, I need to know how to do that. Right. I need to know how to make somebody feel like that. So that's kind of how I go about it. That's tricky
1: too because you're taking on two different personalities. You're trying to survive while also trying to learn at the same time. Absor- Every time. Absorb what's happening. Right. <laughs>
0: Every time. You know, of course, you have uh, anybody can get caught at any time, but your chances of that happening get slimmer and slimmer the more you've been doing yeah. it that some new person's going to get you. But at the same time, uh, we have people like Brett, you know, yeah. Destiny and Brett. Um He's a former pro football player, and he's just a physical specimen. So immediately, I gotta know whether it's this dude's first day or not. I, I might be in fucking
2: trouble. <laughs> right. You know? Right. So, um,
0: now it's my turn to not feel that way and to impose my, you know, what I want to, and make him feel a certain way and react because what I do know is how that feels to him, and what are the odds of his next move? Right. What's yeah. What's the statistic there? He's probably gonna do that. So if I can make him feel that way, uh more than likely he's gonna go that. Yeah. Right. And it's it's the same kind of breakdown and you gotta break everybody down like that. Everybody's different too. Some people are more used to it. Knee on belly positions or just a good cross face or even having your back and all these smothers. Some people are more used to it and they get more relaxed with that feeling. Yeah. So they don't react to it as often. They just respond better and they learn how to work out of it. And I guess that's really the the same thing you've related your numbers to pictures and i've related my movements to feelings
2: right well you know feelings is a strong part of your memory you know there's a part of your brain the hippocampus and it will store information in your long-term memory if there is emotion tied to it or pain or something Mm -hmm. like that you know that you know where you were on september 11th you know you could tell me about the car accident 10 years ago because your brain stores it there because of the pain associated with it yeah um, so when i'm curious because i'm you know memories my field or whatever uh do you did you learn jujitsu? did you by like you leave the jiu-jitsu at night or the and you're just replaying it over and over like I'm, I'm wondering you got it in your memory through thinking about it a lot or through yeah. repetition or well both?
0: it's it's both so um i hate losing right it's one <laughs> So anytime I really felt like I got my ass whooped, yeah. that just sticks with me. Yeah, Even to this day, I have a couple people that are my nemesis. And <laughs> um, when they get me, even yeah. to this day, I will never forget it. Right? Nick jokes about it a lot. That Micah will tell you the last time you got submitted, what the fucking weather was like, right. what <laughs> he had for lunch, what gear was wearing and everything. Because I do obsess over things yeah. like that. Not because... Um, uh, dislike the person right. or something. I just don't want to do that again. I don't want to be in that position again. So that's, I will go home and this has happened dozens and dozens of times over the years with Juan. So you know how we get called out every class. Yeah. Somebody does at the end and yeah. it, it's a show. Uh, right. Everybody is around and it's like fucking pit fighters sometimes. Right. People are pounding on the mats. <laughs> it's awesome. and You've got one section cheering for one person yeah. the other cheering. And then you've got... I'm yelling instruction to one guy. Juan's yelling instruction to the other. And it gets intense. And we're not shying away from what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) You know, uh, things like that. (laughs) So it's, uh, well, shit, I kind of forgot where I was going even with that. But I would, oh, when I would get beat in those situations, I get called out to that. That used to be... I'm not going to mention everybody uh, online who it is, <laughs> but I have told Juan before that any time and every time that fucking person is here, I want that match. Oh wow! And I want it at the end of class oh, wow. and give it to me. Oh wow! And because those are the people that they beat me, right? Yeah. And if they if they happen to beat me at the end of that match, Juan's gonna get a phone call from me sometime within the next hour <laughs> after class and i'm going to first i'm going to apologize yeah uh for not winning because that's my coach and he believes in me i've requested that um that's what i want to do and that's how i feel that's i feel that that's my obligation is to Make him feel good about what he's taught me. Right. Make me feel good about what I've learned, like a fucking dog getting a treat. Right. You know, go fetch here, bring it back, I'm going to pet you, there you go. That's That's really my mentality with it. So, I obsess over loss. I obsess over it. And I've just, I've been able to get to a point where it doesn't really drag me down. I'll probably be there early the next day. Right. You know, (laughs) and then I'm probably... Gonna call you out every time. You're gonna be my first match. You might right. be my third match. You might be my fifth match. You're, you're gonna be all of those. You're gonna know exactly um, that I wanna. I wanna fucking win. Right. You know. But it's never malicious. It's really not. I'm not trying to hurt anybody in this permanently. <laughs> um,
2: like maybe four wanna, or five days. <laughs> I want to hurt them right
0: then. And then also yeah. on the other end of that. That's also their decision, too. Like, how, how much do they want to get hurt if they're right. in some and they tap it or not? But yeah. um, amongst friends, we all know we let each other go when anything's really going to happen. But I approach it all like that. Every day I approach like that. I'm high anxiety. I'm high energy all the time. I try to tell my students, they, and I don't think they believe me, that whenever I get up in the morning and I know I got to go train, And I got or I got to go teach anything. I'm immediately worried about it. Yeah. I'm not just, oh, great. This is the the fucking sun is shining and I'm going to go in there and I'm going to teach people these awesome moves and I'm going to feel like a stud and then I'm going to leave. Right. It's the opposite. 100%. And this is every day, Ron. Um, I get up. My bowels are out of control as soon as <laughs> as soon as my feet hit the floor, right? I have to I have to use the restroom. So that's the that's my first place of contemplation is the porcelain throne. I go in there and and now I'm talking myself into I'm like, "Well, I'm up. Got to go to class. This is going to blow." I'm like, "Today is rough. I'm tired. You know, I don't want to I don't want to be up. I don't want to get there and my brain starts going through all this and it and it, who's going to be there? am I going to have hard rounds today? Maybe right. I get hurt today. All of these a thousand thoughts the same thing that I think first day or first week students feel. And through the through the using the restroom and then stretching and then I get in the shower and through those times, I'm getting better at, I just know I have to go because I'm maintaining this forward progress. I know I'm going. Right. Cause I'm still getting ready to go. <laughs> even though I don't want to go. Right. And, um, right. and then I get in the car and I'm a nervous wreck until I pull into the parking lot. Really. Uh, and then I pull in the parking lot and if anybody's ever heard me pull into any parking lot, it's very loud. There's death right. metal and I'm probably kind of pumped and especially coming into jujitsu and, by the time I walk into the door and then I smell like my home, right. right? Then, then I know. And then when I walk in, that's my place, right? And then I will never show, or I can't say I will never. My intention is not to ever show what I was feeling prior.
2: I would have never guessed, and that's what I feel. But I thought it was natural for me to to feel like that because I get my ass kicked. <laughs> a lot more than you do, but I would have never guessed that you feel that, but it's so refreshing for me to hear because I sometimes will let myself talk myself out of going. It's the easiest thing to do. yeah. And then I see somebody, I, so the fact that you feel that same way is like an eye opener for Every me. day, every day. And
0: then it only gets worse if um, somebody else's ass is on the line that day, cornering fighters or being in right. tournaments and MMA fights and stuff then it's worse, right? <laughs> then I feel even worse about it. Then I have to really get myself to a comfortable level to approach these people and instruct them and make them believe that I don't feel that way. Right. You well, know, you because... pull it
2: off. I didn't <laughs> I didn't think What do you think it is? Do you think that you're, for me, I don't know if it's anxiety about, I don't want to look stupid in front of Juan and you and the other guys, or even I just don't want to look stupid in front of a, Blue or white belt, you know what I'm saying? That's a fear for me. I, it's all of them.
0: Yeah, it's every single one of them. It's uh, none of them are bigger than the other. Yeah, it's just this collection of emotion and this feeling and these fears that this is this might happen. It's the right. what if, and um, my brain's gonna go to the worst side of it first because we I think we've all definitely looked forward to something real great in our life and we think about it a lot and then it doesn't happen right right and then we're disappointed and, and we're kind of thrown off course in that way mm-hmm. so my brain says this is the fucking worst thing that can happen let's roll <laughs> you know <laughs> let's roll because uh, it can't get worse right if i've already planned for the worst mentally right you know, right, it's, right, it's like having a survival bag or something it's it's the same thing well i, I nobody's going to totally crush my spirit because I already did it 10 times this morning and and recovered from that. And that's daily. And whether jujitsu or the being a father, it's all of that.
2: So I got it. I just think a lot (laughs) as a black belt. Do you think you have more anxiety of rolling with, other black belts or lower belts or it's just the same or is that a silly question no that's
0: not a silly question um
2: because maybe with lower belts there's more expectation to to win right and with black belts there's no expectation anybody could win and you feel okay about
0: it yeah that's the easy that's the easy out yeah sure oh well you know i got submitted last week but i was rolling with so-and-so you know i was rolling with Juan or somebody like that i was rolling with grant and Shit like that's happening, and then, but I didn't tell you that I was rolling with so and so Purple Belt, and he tapped me out. Me. <laughs> I didn't tell you that because that one stings a little more. Yeah, right. and and you've seen it happen in class where that lower, you know, that oh, lower yeah. rank just puts a fucking beating on that upper rank or yeah. something for whatever reason. It, it was just
2: their could day. Be, yeah, you know, it was just a fluke, off day for yeah. somebody, and a yeah.
1: good day for somebody else.
0: And everybody's physicalities are different um their benefits isn't you know their assets aren't my assets and if they're leading the dance then that's your ass and it doesn't matter who it is male female there's nothing more satisfying to me as a coach than watching one of my female students whoop up a boy or or right (laughs) there's nothing more satisfying to me i've got a daughter when my daughter was training i mean you You'd see me at tournaments. I'm just crying. And she's just smashing these boys, and I love it. And so when my my female students do that, I think I, I feel a greater reward yeah. than than the athlete guy that has a six-pack that just went in there and beat somebody up. That's, that's different. But you see a woman that goes in there and doesn't give a shit and grabs a hold of this full-grown man and puts him in his place. That is awesome. You know? Yeah i've had to do it a few times i've got a student she's a teenager her name's ash and um ash the smash right and she's a killer dude and she's worked really hard she's been around since she was about 10 years old i think and she's 15 now um almost 16 and i've had to put a couple grown men in their place (laughs) through ash (laughs) Right. Because it would it does would, it wouldn't sink in the same way uh-huh. if I went and did it yeah, or yeah, yeah. if I called another grown man over there right. to say look just kind of smash this dude up right. a little bit let him know right. he <laughs> shut his mouth I can go over to Ash and the last time I did it you know I went up to her and be it right or wrong people I don't fucking care right I walked up to her and I told her I said I'm gonna put you in this match against so and so you fuck him up. <laughs> because he never shuts his mouth, and and uh, she she looked at me and she goes, "Yes, sir." <laughs> she's a killer. She's a she's How a robot. How old is she now? I think Ash is fifteen. Okay, I think wow. so. And um, she just handled this guy yeah. and didn't do it in this weird, violent, aggressive way. She yeah. grabbed a hold of him, picked him up, took him down, you know, yeah. beat him up on top, and then barred the shit out of him. I never thought that dude would show up but he came back. You know? <laughs> and now he and now he's uh he's pretty consistent. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's usually around. So like we were talking last time, you either get embarrassed and you never come back or you just <laughs> eat that eat that crow and you come back and you do it again. There's there's no yeah. other way. You're going to be embarrassed constantly. Right. And
2: you know, I mean, I, I'm sorry to jump in. I don't know if you were going to say something, but I I think the the uh, the lesson for that is that te- did was that did you just pop your ribs? That- yeah, that was my sternum. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> yeah, and my ribs. What the heck was How that? the hell did you do that? <laughs> uh,
0: well, I notice when my breathing gets a little funny, I probably need to pop my sternum. Whoa! And then my ribs. Oh, oh, wow. I could do my
1: so. I could do my back like that. My
0: like, upper back. Yeah. yeah. Oh man! And then my. Like, my clavicle up here does it, too. Sometimes this, this bone right here just pops out. Oh, wow. It'll be sticking out just about got... an inch. And, I, yeah, I have to, like, rub it and push that thing back in. And then the shoulders do it, too. <laughs> the knees, the hips, whatever. My neck. Just <laughs> okay, part yeah. of it. I noticed my breathing felt a little sharp. So <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. And then that was good. Was <laughs> like, okay. he, he chewing
2: on something over there? I didn't know. But, Interesting. Uh, technique, I think what that uh, that speaks to, that a girl beating a guy, which, you know, is technique beats strength a lot of times. If, sure. if the strength doesn't know what they're doing. Sure. If the strength doesn't. 100%. Uh, you know, when I was first started jiu-jitsu, I guess I've been you know, maybe three years ago or four years ago. I don't know. Something like that. Some guy said, Ron, you do jiu-jitsu. I bet you could kick uh, Ronda Rousey's ass. I'm like, no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. He was like, no, come on, dude. You're you're a decent sized guy. You do jiu-jitsu. She's a woman. I know you could. And I was like, no, <laughs> yep. you know, it's not even going to, it wouldn't even be, cl- that's like a different level, that's a professional, yep. I mean, that wouldn't even be close, but just somebody who's not a professional, just somebody who trains every day, you know, a high-level belt, a woman at peak, black belt's Christine. Christine's a monster. Just handle me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just handle me like uh, a, a guy would. Yeah, Christine's know? a monster, her
0: technique is really good, and she's... Uh, you know pretty small and unassuming yeah. for the most part and then yeah. you get a hold of her and more like she's got a hold of you that's <laughs> just what's up and it is pretty impressive um you know destiny's another one yeah you know but i think um you would expect it more from destiny than you do from christine right because right. destiny destiny's just ripped up She's right. just a little muscle powerhouse, so you see her like, oh, I bet this girl's an athlete, and then you see Christine, and Christine's being so nice to you. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, you know, she's got her daughter over yeah. there, and she's like, yeah, whatever you want to do, bud. <laughs> you know, she, yeah. and, yeah, we can start just like that, and then she just fuck you up. Right. And it's good. And then if Christine doesn't get you, then Lord Voldemort, Gary, is somewhere lurking on the side of, side <laughs> of the nuts. And uh, he'll get you, right? You don't fuck with his wife. He'll kick your ass. <laughs> uh, so you can't really put a label on anybody at the gym. You got to take it for just what happens on the mat. If you were to look at a face or a rank when somebody comes in, and you've already kind of made a mistake. You just need to get in there and get rowdy. Yeah, no, no assumptions. Mm-mm. No.
1: You said something earlier that made me think of your jujitsu movements would be you could treat that like chess where you could almost throw out uh, a pawn or whatever sure uh, lure somebody in for a specific move because you know you're going to counter that with a specific
0: yeah there's a lot of that um so it's really the person that's the best at navigating that Mm -hmm. ahead of time that wins uh especially when you're dealing with people of equal knowledge yeah you know and experience uh all of that it is I definitely have things I like to go to, but and what I've figured out over time is to quit looking for that. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. Your your favorite stuff will happen as long as you keep it a secret. <laughs> you know? Yeah, because if you do it consistently,
1: somebody's going to pick it up anyway, right? That's right.
0: right. You, uh, you need many different entrances and exits to the same place, hmm. and that's really what it is. I I, I think I have three moves. overall like three finishing moves that's what i have okay um triangles are probably my number one i get triangles but i get them from everywhere i don't (laughs) it's not just because i'm on my back and i get your standard standard triangle from the guard and then shit i mean head arm chokes but head arm chokes happen from everywhere and not just from the top side control and you pass from the mount and things like that they happen from everywhere so, you just have to be looking for them. And then arm bars.
2: I knew you were going to say arm yeah. bars because I've, I've tapped many of that. So
0: yeah. I'm like, come arm on, bar. I know he's going to get to it. Yeah, arm bars <laughs> happen everywhere. Yeah. If and you just want
1: to be done with it, just here, take my arm. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's, let's get this over with. And the
0: same goes for being in a bad spot and knowing what you're good at. Mm-hmm. Um, when I think I've, sometimes when I've just had enough, I'm going to hand somebody my arm. Like, oh, come on, okay. please, please! I'm just—I'm gonna, gonna do everything I can to not make it look like it's on purpose that right. you're getting my arm because uh-huh. you're tired, so that you take for it. Not necessarily that I'm tired; you're just tired of it. Um, <laughs> because I think it might be the easiest way out. Okay.
2: Oh, so you're—you're you're giving it to him, but not to move to a different position. to get somewhere else. I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm not okay. trying to say I'm take
0: not... my arm, motherfucker, and tap me out oh, real okay. quick. I see. I'm like that isn't—that's no. not
2: a micro. Last no, <laughs> I'm like
0: take my take my arm real quick, please, so I can get out of this. I see. Okay, yeah. and uh, that's kind of it, as dumb as it is. It's it works a lot. <laughs> right. So everybody has their go tos, offense, defense, anything. Of course, that's the last resort when I when I feel that oh man, I'm just not getting anywhere, or I feel that uh, they're a little itchy on the trigger. They're gonna take it. They're gonna go for it right off the bat and then it makes it easier then like okay yeah they're gonna go for that and before you know it i'll be where i need to get and then every now and then it doesn't work out and i'm silly you know and getting tapped
2: and that's how that goes too well i've i haven't seen that hardly ever but uh i you know what jujitsu for me is a lot like a life lesson like the last time now i'm gonna you know, Micah knows this, but the people listening don't know this. If Micah and I roll, he's going to win easily. But I still, for whatever, went in happy to my last roll with him because I just learned some moves from somebody. <laughs> so I'm like going in all happy and stuff. And I, he, Micah's on his back kind of, and I grabbed his legs, and I, I tried to push him down to the ground and then kind of you know, go around a, a pass. And uh, as soon as I did it, I was, I guess, leaning too far forward. And so Mike was like, "Why are you leaning so far forward?" And he pulled me, pulled me forward, pulled me in. <laughs> Thirty seconds later, I'm tapping. But afterwards, it was like a good life lesson. You know, you got to be Im- balanced in jujitsu, but you got to be balanced in life. And that, I was, I was thinking about that as I left. You know, leaning too far forward, leaning back, being sure. balanced. yeah,
0: yeah, everything kind of comes in yeah. steady, right? I mean, everything has to be stable when you get in there. Your balance and where your extension you don't want to overextend you don't want to be too timid but everything really does translate to to one another whether it's in the gym out of the gym anything like that i we were talking on the way over here. I could be the biggest nerd about jiu-jitsu, and I have been for years. I I can talk about it all fucking day, and I know some people get tired of hearing it, but I think there's so many relatable applications just for the mindset, the mentality, the mm-hmm. work ethic that comes along with it, and um, to the to the good ones, the loyalty, you know, and what comes along with that. The feeling you get from the people you're around becomes way more intoxicating than... This so called punishment, you're dishing out. <laughs> you know, I talk like a fucking caveman and I enjoy that part of it, but I would never keep going back if I didn't love the way that the people around me made me feel. Yeah. And that's, that's the, that's the main thing. They're, they're an, an extension of the family. It's, it should, when you walk into your gym, you should feel as if you've come home you know, or you're, or you're at a very familiar place, hanging out with familiar people and, and faces, all that uncomfortability should go away. Like I was explaining earlier, I'm nervous until I get there Mm -hmm. because once I'm there, I realize that I'm, I'm right where I need to be. Yeah. Everybody's there to lift each other
1: up too, right? Yeah. You're competing and, you know, trying to bonk each other on the head sometimes, but you're still, like he said, is you're pointing out his fault as you're, Showing him.
0: Yes, I, I I have a tendency to explain things like a comic book would, where <laughs> I'm, I'm like pow, bang, smash, crash. And, and, uh, How does that feel? Huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! But you know, that's uh that's just a small side of it. That's a small piece of it. When you when you really get down to it, there's a there's a lot there's a lot more to it. Oh yeah, it's a lot more intelligent than I make it seem. <laughs> no, uh, to sound.
2: I think well. I think what you, even people who are listening to this who don't do jujitsu, what you just said about you know you're a black belt, very skilled, you're going to win a lot more than you lose, and you are still having anxiety about getting in there and training. And somebody who's like listening right now and they don't even do jujitsu, they can apply that to their job, man. You know they probably have that same, mm-hmm. and they might not be a black belt at their job, mm-hmm. you know. And they so it, I think that's just good for everybody to hear, no matter what you do.
0: Yeah, it's. Um it's served its purpose many times over. You know, there's been times where I've wished I've said something and I didn't. Right. And, um, not necessarily that I didn't speak my mind in my opinion, not in those chan, not in those instances, but where maybe I felt I should have shared an experience that I didn't because I was worried about what everybody else around would think. right? You know? And, um, through teaching jujitsu and doing it, I've learned how to communicate a lot better and just say whatever it actually is that I'm feeling, and not really worry about the repercussions. Hope that I've represented myself well, my family and friends well, and that the people that matter will understand where I'm coming from. Right. And that's that. Sometimes that's hard to do. Um, I I was talking about this the other day. I think. The place that, one of the places it applied for me the most within this last year was at a funeral of a really good friend of mine. Somebody that I had known since, shit, I was like five, six years old. My brother and I's best friend, really. And I'd been to tons of funerals, we all have, and then we all come to these moments where it's time to say something. right? And I think out of all the funerals I've been... I think only one time was the right fucking thing said, right? <laughs> right. right. Yeah. You know cuz it's Cause who the hell knows the right thing to say. That's right. It's it usually seems <clears throat> that the wrong person is getting up because maybe the right people mm, are hesitant for whatever reason. Yeah. Second yeah. themselves. Totally. okay. Yeah. And there was a moment a couple of years ago that that really hit home with me. My father-in-law had passed away. He'd suffered from Parkinson's for years and my father and I, father-in-law and I were super close and in a really weird way. So Dr. Jim, James Witten was the motherfucking man. He was a pioneer in vascular surgery, had all these silver scalpel awards. And he was just like, um, he was above most people when it came to that and just as a human. And when I met him, first time I ever met this guy, I was in my underwear in his house. Right. <laughs> At six in the morning, and he's eating breakfast, you know, in his business suit, getting ready to go do a liver transplant or some shit. <laughs> right. So, and he was incredibly welcoming. We, He just said, you must be Micah. Come have a seat. Would you like an English muffin? And from that day on, me and him hit it off really, really well. Two totally different worlds. Right. He is what most people might call a stick in the mud, right? Or a snob. Right. Just because he had done so much, well... Jim, which, uh, you know, he came from nothing and worked all the way up to where he was, and it took years. And I respected him for right. that, and for some reason, he respected me. I don't yeah, really yeah. understand why that he felt the way he did about me. But after his battle with Parkinson's, um, you know, he finally passed due to those complications, and then at his funeral, there was that moment that, They said, would anybody like to come up and say anything? And I didn't fucking do it. Right. I just didn't do it because I was uncomfortable in the company I was in. I I started looking around at all these well-to-dos and these doctors and and I started thinking what am I going to say mm-hmm. like why would I get up there and say anything right. um how are these people going to receive that because I can't refrain from saying fuck I just can't right. do it right. uh if that's how I feel that's how I <clears throat> that's how yeah. I feel and we're in this big giant catholic church and I shouldn't have gave a shit is what it was and it just as soon as it was over it ate at me you know what right. I mean so i hate to call it so the next opportunity i had uh, when my friend died, to do something like that, I didn't hesitate a bit. Mm-hmm. I just, I was the first motherfucker up. When they said, does anybody else, like a kid, I, oh, whoa, whoa right, I'm right. over here. And I just jumped up and I walked up there and I did it. And regardless of the people I was around or even the environment I was in, uh, in a church and all that, I just blocked it all out and I mm-hmm. said what I wanted to say and there was goddamns and motherfuckers and sons of bitches and I was telling stories about, This person and I My experience with no regard About how anybody else felt about it Right And um, That was like the best feeling I ever had I felt If I didn't do that I I wouldn't be right You know I would have never fucking lived it down Because I felt so bad about it With my father-in-law And then So Those opportunities Just to do What you think you need to do And have the balls to do it Is is a big part of that. And whether it was jujitsu or anything that made that possible, I don't think it hurt.
2: No, I think that probably gave you some confidence and we all, you know, uh, I've been reading uh, about Marcus Aurelius, the, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Roman guy as well. But he wrote, he said that, we all love ourselves more than we love others, but we all care more about their opinion than we do our own. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, we're all like, what is that person going to judge me? What is that person? What is that person thinking? Really? Uh, we don't even, well, what about me? How do I feel about this? And that's what you did. You just took charge of how, how do I feel about this? And you did it. And probably the truth is, is the people that you think are judging you probably respect you. Cause they can sense that authenticity. They yeah. can sense that you're like, Hey, I don't, care well i know that anything.
0: that pastor was a little blown away but it, <laughs> she said it was pretty good too i mean she goes she was like uh, okay she goes wow <laughs> i guess there's no like, rules that was tonight. a little intense here's but, some holy water but
2: throw it on you michael <laughs> you, but know? Then, you
0: know what happened after that and whether it was i, I doubt it's because of me these people would have stood up anyway i think but all the right people stood up right after that and yeah, it was it, yeah. it was fucking incredible yeah. you know what was said and um i left that funeral feeling better than i normally do in a sense And i mean you never feel good leaving a right. funeral oh, yeah. right? it's not like it's time to party but um i felt you know i felt i did him right and um i didn't let him down and i had always felt that way about my father-in-law like if he was looking at me he would have been shocked that I didn't say something. He's like, you, mm-hmm. right. you didn't fucking say something, you asshole. You know, yeah. he cursed me out, and then we'd go eat English muffin because that's the thing. You know, but um, so I, I just not that I didn't speak up before, but I, I don't think I did it in the way that I needed to, right? And so, you know, me at the gym and how I talk and how I re- just interact with people, it's pretty straightforward. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a even any gray areas yeah. you're gonna know and but not in a my opinion is more valuable than yours it's nothing like that it's just let's not fuck around here let's just say <laughs> what
2: we gotta say <laughs> well yeah funerals are a lot about closure and you know getting out what you need to get out so you can get it off your chest and that's what you did that's probably one of the reasons you felt so good when you left yeah yeah it was
0: it was um like that death was probably the hardest one i've ever dealt with you know, in my life, I remember where you
2: posted about that on Facebook. That's been in the last year. Yeah, man. it
0: happened a little over a year ago. Okay. It was January eighth of two thousand nineteen.
2: Now, yeah,
0: and it was a rough year. You know, kind of navigating that and figuring that out, and, and uh, having a teenage daughter, and then all sorts of shit just kind of going yeah. on. Um, this year was crazy. So there, were, none of those things came into play more ever than this year, right? For me, and I'm just glad that I had the people around and just some outlets and and some forgiveness more than anything from some people also with how i how i had acted a few times so but you make a mistake you just come back and you fucking try again and hopefully it works out and you get a little better next time and don't just don't doubt
2: yourself man and if you are just doubt that Doubt the doubt, you know. Why am I doubting myself? You know, the big—I'm a big baseball fan, and the one of the most iconic moments in baseball for the Rangers fans is when Nolan Ryan got Robin Ventura in a headlock. Oh, yeah. I head. was at that game. Oh, you were? Okay. Right. <laughs> one of those iconic <laughs> moments. Yeah. So Robin, Robin Ventura charges the mound. Nolan Ryan throws down his glove, puts him in a headlock. But what led up to that is almost exactly what you're talking about with the funeral thing. Years prior, another batter had charged Nolan Ryan, and he curled up in a ball and let his teammates pull the guy off. And He said, never again will that happen. Next time that happens, you can tell I am taking on so the guy. I have still to this day, I have that
0: card from that game. It's not an expensive one. Nolan Ryan used to have those um, his own personal cards yeah. that you could buy in a pack. and it, uh, The Nolan Ryan Fireball cards or something like that, but It's Nolan Ryan, and he's got Robin Ventura in that headlock, and he's uppercutting it. And it said, Nolan Ryan delivers his eighth (laughs) no-hitter. And he's just fucking punching up on Robin Ventura. Me and my dad and my stepbrothers were at that game when that happened. That would have been awesome. It was fantastic. We used to always go to baseball games. We were at another game one time with, um, I'm going to say it was the Oakland A's were playing, Ricky Henderson. Do you remember Ricky Henderson? He had a little bit of, yeah. yeah. Okay, so... He was playing deep by the wall, and me and my fucking stepbrothers were pestering him and yelling at him, and then a couple of drunk guys start getting in on it and calling him names, and this motherfucker ends up, like, jumping on the wall, and he's, like, trying to climb over, and uh, me and my two stepbrothers had instigated that whole thing. It really got it started. And, yeah. Oh, yeah, good times at the baseball games. <laughs> Yeah, we used to go to baseball games a lot. I was at the first game that ever happened at that newer Arlington Stadium.
2: 1994. 94. The next, yeah, Ricky Henderson, when he broke the record for the most base steals, he picked up third base and he held it above his head and he said, Today, I am the greatest base stealer of all time. <laughs> you <know? laughs> but you got to like that attitude. Yeah. No, baseball was always
0: fun to go watch. I fell out of it totally over the years, though. I hardly follow baseball at all anymore the last time i think i really watched any baseballs when the detroit tigers were in the world series and i was mm. living in michigan and i guess that was probably 2006 or five i
2: think it was five or six yeah.
0: And yeah that's i've been to a few baseball games since then but i just take a nap man i just <laughs> yeah. I fall asleep i can't do
1: it i used to like playing baseball when i was a kid yeah i loved it. watching playing. someone else play i just it's almost like going to shows now like I, I enjoy watching the show, but I also feel like, man, I want to be up there.
0: Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was gonna bring it up. We've kind of said some things about anxiety, but you as a performer as well, a musician. Mm-hmm. I and mean, what's your routine? Do you have a routine? Do you have, no. or it just kind of happens? It used,
1: it used to be a Jagerbomb before the show. Okay, and, you know, right. Like, all right. That's the party starter. I, I, could still do that. It doesn't. I don't feel like I need to though.
0: But what about? practice time or warm up time do you feel are you, are you so confident that you need less of that now
1: no definitely not but i feel like i could push it off until not the last minute but i don't have to work on it consistently for 2 months you know i could just spend the la- the last i don't know 3 weeks i guess yeah. you and know it
0: doesn't bother you that it's not a mental hang up like that no no yeah cuz so it's been
1: so long since I, mean, I i don't play that many shows anymore Yeah. So there's a little bit of time in between them. So there is a little bit of extra, you know, nervousness Mm -hmm. when it gets closer to showtime, just because I haven't done it in a while. And am I going to get super nervous randomly on stage if I hit a wrong note, you know, because that does happen. You hit one one off note and then just telling yourself in your head stupid idiot you know don't mess yeah, up the rest oh, right. I, I, then you're thinking about it too much and in that you make more mistakes behind.
0: and yeah and yeah. now you're behind
1: and then you have to put your guitar down and walk off stage and it's
0: funny that's a jaeger bomb it's like the mixture of energy and depression yes in, right. in, in a fucking glass yep. is a jaeger bomb that's it yeah you know, like i'm gonna get all this energy and get real bummed about it right. you know maybe <laughs> i'll get in a fight and i'll be able to perform either right. so yeah that'll be that's jaeger bombs for me yeah i never really understood the jaeger bombs a, i, I don't drink them uh um, delicious treat energy drinks in general i can't do that i can't have one of those yeah i'm recently off
1: because it was almost every day that I would have one, I, I would, I don't want to have more than one because there's so, so much caffeine, right? Yeah, and you know, whoever I don't know what else is in them. I really but,
0: don't hardly drink caffeine, just because yeah. it oh, makes really? me feel so weird. Coffee, Fuck that too much. man, too much strong cup of coffee. I'm trying to I can, just wean off of the caffeine intake. hear my organs working, right? When I drink caffeine, only time I ever drink caffeine is on long road trips, mm-hmm. and then even then. It's a nightmare. Do you eat a lot throughout the day? or No. Not very much? Um, so my diet's kind of funny. Everybody's on this intermittent fasting thing. Right. Mm-hmm. That's how I've always eaten. I didn't, you know, now they have a label for it. Right. And that's yeah. what they call it. That's really how I've always eaten. Um, I, I rarely eat a bite of food until 7 or 8 o'clock at night. What? Like, yeah. Like I don't get up and eat breakfast. I hardly ever eat any kind of lunch. If I eat, it's after I get Devin from school, and she wants to pick up something, and I'll mm-hmm. eat maybe something small. Um, but usually, I only eat dinner, and that's Monday through Thursday, and that's how wow. I... I think that's why. But True. I eat a gigantic dinner. Yeah. It'd, it'd be huge. And then, um, and I don't drink sodas or anything really through the week, no caffeine. Yeah,
1: you don't have a lot of sugar intake either, mm-hmm. right? That's probably no. why, because your body's used to eating eating off your own fat and... You know, whatever you give it when you give it to it. unintentionally,
0: I really don't eat a lot of carbs throughout the week. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not really into them um, because uh, they make me feel heavy the next day. I I just feel one meal a day, Monday through Thursday, does me good. So, it's probably greens and a big hunk of whatever meat that we're having. So, for instance, if I'm grilling up hamburgers at my house, I grill up a one-pound patty for myself. But I don't put anything on it. I don't have bread. I don't have lettuce, ketchup, mustard. It's just that patty of meat. And then I'll have that and some green beans or some broccoli. And and that's kind of my Monday through Thursday gig is just meat and vegetables. Maybe some fruit. But even the fruit I don't eat too much of because it's very sweet. Yeah, like, you know, it's, it's just sweet when I taste it. And I'm not always into it. But now Friday and Saturday and Sunday are different. And then I'm in the shop on the weekends. And we always eat good at the shop. I'm going to order something good, so I might order Joe's, and it's a two-pound thing of fettuccine Alfredo, (laughs) and I'm going to fucking put it back with some bread, because I'm kind of sitting down most of the weekend for work, other than if I get up in the mornings, I'll go play disc golf and shit like that, but Monday morning, I'm probably between 174 and 178 is going to be my weight on Monday morning. And then if I've trained in the afternoon, and then I come in and I teach at night and do some rolling, I'm probably 167 to 165. Wow. And that's every Monday. And it's (laughs) been that way for years. That's just how my body rolls. Yeah. And on the weekends, I just load and eat. And throughout the week, it's pretty minimal. And I feel best that way. I don't ever feel like I get tired during uh, training. Yeah. Uh, Well unnecessarily tired, way right, down right. heavy, right. you know, like my body's fighting me. My stomach's fighting me. I don't feel that way. And then, um, when I get in there on Monday, even after kind of gorging all weekend, I still don't feel heavy. I know it's going to come off pretty quick. So if I train real hard that first Monday morning class, I'll probably lose seven pounds wow. in, in about an hour and a half, something like that. It's wow. intense. And that's every Monday.
1: So Monday morning mornings could be pretty brutal for somebody you have all that extra extra weight. That's right. Work, working it all. I like off. it.
0: Me and Juan always joke <laughs> about it on Mondays. I'll get in and before class I'll be like, "Fucking 178. Well, you <laughs> <laughs> so going to get it?" You know? And uh then by the end of class I'm light again. I'm right back. I'm right <laughs> back just to be me, you know? So, but that's the routine and it's been that way for many years <laughs> now. I would say that the last 6 years solid has been like I can just I can, I can almost tell
2: you to the decimal of my weight. You know, there's been a uh, there was a, a book that I was reading. And it was like, you want to live longer? There's like one thing that's been proven that you will live longer if you do this. One thing: It's eat less. You know, eat less yeah. frequently. Eat less the and people sleep more. Who live maybe?
0: the longest. Eat less. Well, how much progress do you just snatch yeah. away? Yeah, all these people that work so hard to look good or want to get in shape, and right. then. It's not. It's not always what you eat either. I mean, it's how much you're eating eating and when you're doing it. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm not going to claim to be some kind of nutritionist or scientist. I I just input input and output too. That's what's worked for me. You
1: know, your exercise and
2: well, you know, know, Michael Phelps drinks eats all the hamburgers and Big Macs or whatever, but he swims a lot too. You know,
0: (laughs) the amount of calories that guy's burning in a day, it's got to be astronomical, really swimming is a hard activity right and i've never really put on a like a one of them smart watches to figure out what my heart rate has been while i'm rolling or my resting heart rate or anything like that i i know that i can get it down pretty quick like when i'm tired you know if i'm fucking been huffing and puffing it seems like i can get my heart rate down pretty fast yeah but
1: just some steady breathing just good breathing
0: and that's a that's a part of it while you're rolling. You better be breathing well. That's mm-hmm. the most important thing right off the bat. If you plan on being functional the whole time and, and being a threat, then you, you need to have some breath. Yeah. You need to have some oxygen going through your body. So if you can learn how to breathe and relax, then you'll do a lot better than you think you will. You'd be able to think your way out of a lot more situations as opposed to just trying to impose some kind of aggression or yeah. tactic. Right. Uh, just relax that's a tactic that's a that's something that many people can't master Mm -hmm. but if you can do that then you're gonna you're gonna benefit
2: a lot more than they will
1: yeah and you're a veteran right
2: i am so i uh when september 11th happened i was 28 years old and i uh i was at my friend brian's house a couple months after that brian actually does jujitsu with micah and i (laughs) and so i was at brian's house probably december 2001 maybe beginning of 2002 january but you know september 11th was still all on the news that's all it, you know all mm-hmm. it was and um his dad had served in the army in korea my dad had served in the military and and so he started he was a high school teacher at the time he still is and he had started talking to an army recruiter on his own i had tried to join the military Back uh, when I was 18 or 19, I tried to join the Air Force. And now, you know, being a Navy guy, which is what I am now, I'm so glad I didn't join the Air Force because, you know, we just talk shit about them. (laughs) But the Air Force wouldn't take me when I was 18 because I had metal plates in my arm, 12 screws. Hmm. But I got that taken out when I was 21, 22, and I just never went back to join the military. I started doing memory training speeches when I was 18. So fast forward, I'm 28, September 11th happens. Brian begins talking to an Army recruiter. You know, every major uh, life event that dictates my life, there's this guy, Brian, and you know him. When I was 18 years old, he said, Ron, you know, Ronnie, he calls me. It's my my legal name. He said, hey, man, do you want to get a job as a telemarketer at this place that cleans chimneys? I'm like, yeah, man, I'll do that. I go in and I'm working for two or three days with Brian. And on my third day, I call this guy up. I try to get his chimney cleaned, you know, trying to close him on the sale. And he's like, man, I don't need my chimney cleaned, but you're a good salesman. Do you want to go to work for me? I sell memory seminars. So without Brian, I wouldn't have had that job that I had because he got me that job. Uh, Brian was also the one who said, let's join the military as a response to September 11th. So we went in the recruiting station and we joined the military. As a, I was actually going to join the Army, um, but I did really good on this test that you take. That's called the ASVAB. It tests your knowledge of science and math and you know it's kind of like the sat but for the army or for the military and i took the test in the recruiting office and i handed it to the re- recruiter and i said uh i didn't miss any and he said that's impossible i've been doing this six years nobody's ever not missed a question i'm like oh shit maybe i did miss a question then <laughs> and then he graded it, and he's like he said i'll be a son of a bitch i've never seen this before he said go take this test tomorrow, the real thing, down at the MEPS is what it's called in Dallas. So I went down and I took it the next day, and I I got the highest score you get. You, you're still allowed to miss some and still get the highest score because it's not based upon necessarily your it's, – it's your score based on how well you did compared to everybody else. So I got the perfect score on that. So then I went to the Army, and I thought, well, they're going to give me a good – fucking job you know i I couldn't have scored higher on these tests and the guy was like hey man we want to make you a mailman in the army i'm like dude i'm not joining the army to deliver mail he's like but if you don't understand every two weeks every two weeks every summer you get to go to germany i'm like if i want to go to germany i'll buy a plane ticket to germany so that walked out of the recruiting station i walked in the navy and i'm like hey what 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 can i do this is the score i got on the test and they were like hey and 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 when i say this The job I was given was not based on my score because it sounds like it would be, uh, but they offered me naval intelligence, which doesn't mean that I'm intelligent. It means I could get a background security clearance, but I had the choice to choose that job because of my score, I guess you could Mm -hmm. say. So I'm like, this is an easy choice. I'm going to go to the Navy. So I joined the Navy. Uh, I was in for eight years, and I was uh, deployed to Afghanistan in 2007. I was an intelligence analyst for lack of a better word, I guess. Okay. And that's, yeah, so eight years. That's cool.
0: Well, you got to let them know how the military ties into what you do now.
2: Yeah. So I do. So I, when I got, I was in Afghanistan in 2007. You know, we, we, we go to jujitsu with a guy named J.P. Donnell, who's a true war hero, mm-hmm. you know, true war hero. I'm certainly. Uh, Not in that category, but when you're there in the country, you do get a sense of all the death going on around you. And so that was in my brain. So I come back from Afghanistan in 2008 and in 2009, I won the USA memory championship. I was the USA memory champion in 2009 and 10 and my record for cards, I set in 2009 and that record held uh, until 2011, I guess and my record was broken in 2011, and I was also dethroned as the USA Memory Champion. And I'm like, oh, man, it was was like uh, you losing at jujitsu. Yeah, all right. I yeah. mean, I wandered out of that building in New York City just distraught. You know, I'd lost a nerd tournament, all right? But I was distraught. <no, that's laughs> well, jiu-jitsu's nerds, so we're yeah. all nerds. Yeah. And I remember sitting there at a pizza pizza place i had a pepperoni pizza and a coke in new york city i was all alone just all these emotions racing through my head i'm no i'm not am i still relevant i'm no longer the usa memory champion i don't hold these records anymore and in that moment i kind of decided that i either had two choices i could start training for the USA Memory Championship again and get my title back, which is what I really wanted to do because this guy just kicked my ass. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was like lose you want just like tell him, Juan, I want to go back against that guy." Yeah. So that's what I set out to do, but also in the back of my mind I knew this was an uphill climb. I mean, he is younger, faster, and better. And uh, so I can, I lost, I came in second place the year I lost. The year I went back to, you know, getting back I came in second place again. So it was just, oh, and then I was at a moment where I'm like, man, you got to do, you can keep doing this. You can keep beating your head up against this wall. Maybe you're going to win. Maybe you're not. So you can either devote the next year to doing something where you may or may not win in the end, or you can devote yourself to something where as long as you do it, you'll win. And, uh, there was a History Channel show at the time, and they said, Ron, we want to have you memorize the Vietnam Wall. Will you memorize the Vietnam Wall? I'm like, yeah, that's it. Okay, I'll do it. No problem. And um, the show didn't end up happening because they just didn't think that would be f- interesting for a TV show. you know. <laughs> but it started sparking some wheels in my brain. And so what I did was, is the project that I decided to tackle was I wanted to memorize everybody who died in the war in Afghanistan, which is where I served. So there's 2,400 people who died. When I set out with this goal in 2012, there was there was 1,853. So I memorized them rank, first name, last name. So it's 7,000 words. And it took me about 10 months to memorize. Now there's 2,400. 600 people have died since I started doing this. So imagine this. You're in Washington, D.C. You're at the Vietnam Wall, and there's somebody that they're writing out the Vietnam Wall from memory. So that's what I do exactly with Afghanistan. I'll set up this black wall. It looks like a marble or something. It's not. It's a dry erase surface. Mm -hmm. And I will write out all 7,000 words, rank, first name, last name, from memory. So it takes me about 10 or 11 hours to write it out. Wow. It's intense. But uh, I did it. I've done it about 28 times uh, across the country.
1: Nice. When was the last time you did that?
2: Uh, The last time I did it was about two years ago. And that's really sad for me to say because it's so meaningful. But mm-hmm. the honest reason is, is it just all comes down to money. Oh, right. You know, it's expensive to rent a truck, haul it up to New York or wherever yeah. you're going to do it. And then it's also expensive as far as time away from my business. You can't just set up a wall and write out seven thousand words from memory. You got to—it's like training for a fight. You know, you got to spend the the six, eight weeks. You said it took ten months the first time, right? So So I got to go back and review it every Mm -hmm. time, kind of like a fight. And so I do hope to do it again. There's an organization out there that uh, is—is they're wanting to withdraw our troops from Afghanistan, and you know I can't say that I don't support that too because you know it's terrible. War is terrible. So they want me to do it. So I made, you know, as a kind of a visual picture mm-hmm. of everybody we've lost. So who knows, man? But uh, it, yeah, it's it's uh, it's probably I'm more proud of that memory project than winning any memory tournament or memorizing a deck of cards. Sure, it's cool, fun to say, but what am yeah. I more proud of? Yeah. Well, the
0: the reward's different. It is, yeah. Yeah, you're not getting a title for that. You know, it's not like making you a bunch of money, and this it's just something you wanted to do. You know, so you did it.
2: When I was, mem- I had a, I printed out a binder and I would carry this binder around with me everywhere I went in 2012, early 2013. And people were like, man, what's in that binder? Because I mean, I had it everywhere baseball games, airplanes, trains, cars, everywhere, you know, hanging out. I'd go, Brian, you know, Brian would say, hey, man, you want to meet, you know, Hooters or whatever? I'd go, okay, yeah. And I'd bring, I'd set the binder there in case I wanted to look at it. And people would always ask me, well, what's in this binder? I'm like, this is everybody that died in the war in Afghanistan. And I'm like, I memorized it in the order of their death. And then the next question they would always ask is, what are you going to do with it? I'm like, well, are they said, are you going to stand at a microphone and say the names? I'm like, no, I could do that. It would be a lot easier because you don't have to worry about spelling. Mm-hmm. Like Jeffrey, you can spell that J-E-F-F-R-E-Y-J-E-F-F-E-R-Y-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y-G-O-F-F-R-E-Y-G-O-F-F-R-I-E. All those variations are on the Afghanistan wall. <laughs> so the hardest part is spelling. So... I said, no, I don't want to write it out. That's easier, but I want, I mean, I don't want to say it. I want to write it out because I want people to stand back and look at it and be like, yeah. whoa, I didn't know it was that much. But one thing I'll say on the point you just said is they're like, where are you going to do it? I'm like, I don't know. If I get a piece of plywood and I get a farmer in West Texas that says he'll let me do it on his ranch, and it's me and that plywood and that farmer's cows is the only people who see it or the only animals that see it. I'm going to be satisfied with that because this isn't about recognition for me. This is about honoring these people. But it blew up for, for six or seven years. It just, the response was overwhelming.
1: That's great. Well, it's pretty, I remember seeing that a while back.
0: It's pretty impressive. Just the, the act of not the memorization in itself. It's just the dedication to do that. It's impressive. That somebody's willing to just drive around the country and do that for for their friends really and their family in a sense. So you do it from the first fallen, like you the the date was the first person. Yeah. And to the most recent.
2: Yeah, so it starts it does. And there was two ways I when I was deciding how I'm gonna do this, I thought, okay, do I do it in alphabetical order? Which in a way is easier. Mm-hmm, because sure. if you're on the M's and you're stuck, you can at least know it starts with an M. Mm -hmm. but that was almost, but I thought it was more symbolic to do it in the order of their death, which it is more symbolic. You know, this is master Sergeant Evander Andrews. He was the first one. We just lost somebody two weeks ago. So now I don't even know the name yet, but master Sergeant Evander Andrews was the first, but also it's more practical to do it that way because we're still losing them and if i had memorized them in alphabetic order mm-hmm. i would have to always be inserting new names in my memory mm-hmm. and that's more difficult than just yeah. adding them to the end so you know when i was doing it i hired a, a navy seal uh, as my coach and people to my mindset coach and people was Man, that's, that's the weirdest thing what does a navy seal have to do with memory absolutely nothing But he knew how to to keep me focused and disciplined on the task. He was a more of a mental coach. And one thing he said is he's like, man, people are going to be moms and dads will stand at this wall. They'll hear about it on the radio. They will drive there to see you, and they're going to stand there for three hours or four hours just in, of anticipation of you getting close to writing their son's name. And then right before they get close to write it, they're going to say, oh, my gosh, he's getting close. He's about to write. And I'm like, man, you're my coach. You're supposed to encourage me. I appreciate you saying that. I don't really think it's that's going to happen, but thanks for saying that mm-hmm. the first day I did it. There's a grandmother out in weather for driving her car around. She hears on the radio what's going on in downtown Fort Worth. She turns her car around and as she turns her car around, she's making phone calls to other Gold Star families, to people who've lost people. And I'm sitting there writing on the wall, I don't know what's going on. This grandmother drives up, this guy in a Harley Davidson motorcycle, big guy, you know, pulls up, Harley Davidson vest and he gets off and, you know, he it turns out his son was on the wall. And this grandmother's you know, it was just, and they, they waited for four hours. to to write their grandson and son's names.
0: That's yeah. pretty impressive to you. It's impactful memories, right? Any kind of honoring of, I think that I've always thought that was pretty cool. And I couldn't even imagine having the, keeping it together during that time while you're just emotionally, while people are watching, because. They're probably not keeping it together
2: all the time either, right? No, they're yeah. not. You know, it was uh, uh, one of the times I was riding on the wall. This that, that first time, actually, I was riding on the wall, and I looked out of the corner of my eye, and there's a guy just standing there. And I'm riding, and he's just standing there. And finally, I turned around, and I said, man, are, are you looking for a, a a name on the wall? And he pointed to Lance Corporal Cody Childers, and he said he was a lieutenant. And I was still in the um, technical, analytical, emotionless stage of, no, 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 no. He's number one thousand four hundred and seventy-two. You know, and his he was definitely a lance corporal. You know, I was almost sounding like Rain Man probably. And I'm like, no, he was a he was a lance corporal. And then he pointed to him and he said he was a lieutenant. But he was kind of mumbling when he was talking. And I'm like, ah, I think he was a lance corporal. So I went and got the book and I opened it up and I said, no, look, see, man, he was a lance corporal. And then at that was moment was the first time I looked in this guy's eyes. And when I l- looked in his eyes, he looked at me and he pointed to his chest. And he goes, no, I was his lieutenant. Oh. And his eyes were bloodshot red. He was So in essence, what he was saying is, I was this guy's lieutenant. He was a Lance Corporal. He's dead. I'm alive. This is a burden I carry around with me every day. I was his boss. Yeah, And uh, I was like, oh, in the moment, the gravity of the situation just hit me instantly. And I was like, yes, sir. And I kind of walked away. But it was that kind of reaction happens all the time. People are just they'll stand there in in tears. Uh, I was writing on the wall once and I feel this figure behind me and I like writing. And so finally I turned around and I looked and it was Marcus Luttrell. You know, he's the Navy SEAL. They made the movie Lone Survivor about. So I'm like, oh, I knew exactly who it was, and I'm like, are you looking for a specific name? And I knew what names he was looking for, because it was the guys that died with him, mm-hmm. Michael Murphy, and um, we went down and I showed him the names, and he looked at he looked at the guys he served with that died, the SEALs, and he stood there for a few seconds, and he hit punched me on the shoulder, and he goes, "That's some good shit." <laughs> That's all he said, <laughs> but it was cool and it was memorable. That's awesome. But yeah, so that, that's kind of how I tied in my passion of memory to the military. Yeah,
1: that's very cool. That's a good story.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a wild, man.
1: Well, thank you for your service, for one thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. While serving, did you have any significant moment or lesson that made any sort of impact on you that maybe you wouldn't have experienced otherwise?
2: Well, I think I definitely came back a lot more non-political. You know, before I went over there, I was kind of diehard on one end of the spectrum, and I came back, and I'm like, they're all assholes. You know, it's <laughs> <laughs> oh, <that's> hard. <laughs> uh, but also, I I think I had a journal, and I wrote in the journal every day. And the one thing I just could never wrap my head around of is why people have to kill each other. You know, mm-hmm. why people have to kill people. It never got i mean i i understand you know i think in a on a a small sense we all like competition we we all we do as as guys we have that testosterone and i think we do like the the competition and the even the the fights you know the you know uh, fights we like that it's like challenging challenging love it but some people take it to the extreme of i've got a kill other people you know what i'm saying it's not a a set controlled thing it's like and it just you know and then of course when they kill you you got to kill them back you know and then when you kill them back it's gonna piss them off more so their friends are gonna come kill you and it just so that was one thing that i just you know it's just human uh there's a, a guy he lives near here um uh He's hundred and one years old, uh, most decorated person in the history of uh, the hundred and first Airborne or something like that. And Maggie Magelis is his name, and he fought in the Battle of the Bulge. And he says his desire is that war will—he'll see the, the last of war. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's for me. That's really the the only thing I got out of it was just a disappointment in humanity that we don't see how awesome life is. Like life is so awesome, and people are killing other people for nothing yes. literally nothing yep. that was the biggest frustration i got just from uh, humanity
0: yeah you'd think there would be a, a better level of communication and understanding right on all of that by now it's it's just the tale as old as time it's people refuse to accept others you know for what they believe and of course there's always somebody doing wrong and somebody doing right but overall it's pretty difficult to watch i'm I'm about as unpolitical as you could be. I really do my best to not pay attention to any of it because I've never felt I've heard any truth about it um, except from people like yourself that have been around it firsthand. That's the truth you get. Mm-hmm. And then even sometimes that truth gets tainted.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, then they still pull for one side heavy. or true. Or, one, or, or yeah. one side the other, you know. and And then you can even detect it there that, I'm sorry, what happened happened, but you're still a little jaded. And something's, something's fucked up, you know. Right. Here, I wish they would have come out on that, come out of that on a the different side, but um it's all a lot to take in any of that stuff politics or war and why people make those decisions so i'm just trying to take care of home base <laughs> take care of yourself take care of home base yeah, if everybody
2: and... just took care of themselves peace would break out across the world
0: yeah an infection of peace right yeah <laughs> i mean you yeah, know what? taking
1: care of yourself but still respecting those around you right and understand that they're trying to take care of themselves too, right. just the same
0: yeah i have people from England that live in one side of me, I've got Muslims that live on the next, I've got a black lady that lives directly across the street, Mexican person that lives next to them, and there's no fucking problems, you know what I mean? My Muslim dude's one of the coolest dudes around, right. he brings me fresh eggs from his chicken coop, and O'Brahim, oh, you're the man. You know, so, <laughs> um, I've never had that kind of issue myself, it just wasn't wasn't a thing that I ever dealt with, and I never really understood it. I get some of uh, some people or religions or whatever it might be is pretty radical, right? And there has to be a stop to some things, right? But man, it's hard to decide what you know. There's extremists in every in every religion or every yeah. turn and walk of life. No matter, you you have your your tribes in the jungles that live peacefully, and then you have your fucking headhunters.
2: Right. It's the same thing, but. Who's to say where it could ever stop or start? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not necessarily the religion, you know, it's your interpretation of it. When I, I remember I was in Afghanistan and me and we were in a vehicle, we were pulling on base. And when you pull on base, you know, you got to go through checkpoints, get those mirrors out, see if you got anything under a bomber or your car or whatever. And uh, we drove past this guy and he stood out to me because he was in a, a U.S. Army uniform and he had a beard. You know, I mean, you, you just don't see that uh, unless they're a seal or something, you know, or what, you know, then there's freedom to do that. But this guy was the guy checking your car and, and for whatever reason i glanced at his name tag It was just so off to me he had a beard glasses name tag and we went through and i turned to the guy next to me i'm like dude that guy number one had a beard number two his name was rambo <laughs> <You know? laughs> so i'm like holy shit that, that <laughs> is the craziest thing or whatever so i this was you know this was 12 12 13 years ago so i don't know exactly what were the next steps that led me to find out about him i don't know if I I think I mentioned that to somebody on the base. I, I mentioned that to somebody in the base. I said, your guy at the front gate, his name is Rambo, and he's got a beard. They're like, oh, dude, that guy got an award from George W. Bush. I'm like, are you serious? So I get back to you know my room, and I get my laptop at the end of the day, and this guy was an Afghanistan native. He was working there for the U.S. military, and this car of his fellow Muslim Afghan natives was Barreling towards the front gate, you know, not stopping. So he knew what that meant. They had a bomb on the car. So as soon as they went around the corner or something and enough to slow down, he somehow opens the car door, reaches in, grabs the driver out, tackles him. The bomb team comes in, doesn't detonate the bomb. And uh, so everybody nicknamed this guy Rambo. And, you know, and now he's there at the front gate. If you probably went to this day, Google Afghanistan, Rambo, Kabul, Afghanistan, the story's probably still there. But it's just so crazy about the bravery that you see there. This, there was no question. There was a bomb in that car, and there was no question they were going to detonate it, and there was no question the car was moving. And, I mean, it had to slow down significantly to get the door open. But there's barriers and stuff like that that made it where you got to slow down enough because they know that's going to happen. Yeah. But in that moment when he's slowing down, go, trying to snake his way through the barriers. Uh, selfless. Yeah,
0: selfless. Wow. He didn't give a shit. He yeah. Or he did. He gave a lot of them, really. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah, He cared yeah. a lot. He yeah. cared
2: a lot. His His wife and kids had been killed by the Taliban years prior, but... Mm it's just a country that has been ravaged by war since the early 80s late 70s yeah and you know you got people with burns and amputated arms walking around all the time wow and just to he can have ways. whatever
0: kind of facial hair he wants right it's yeah. basically what it came down to yeah
2: that's the closer of the
0: story there yeah, he can have his own name facial <laughs> hair. Rainbow, yeah.
2: Yeah. have
1: you ever worked with any people with alzheimer's or dementia
2: yeah, unfortunately, no. You know, what I do would not help somebody with Alzheimer's or dementia. So I wish it would. Number one, I could help a lot of people. And number two, I could make some money. You know? yeah. But uh, it's just, it doesn't. This is These are exercises for a healthy brain. Mm-hmm. Now, what they do say is that if you are prone to getting Alzheimer's, you're, let's say... I'm going to get it anyways. Maybe I can delay it a little bit. And I can delay getting Alzheimer's by exercise, by eating healthy, by doing memory exercises. Mm -hmm. But once I get it, I got it. Until they come up with a cure. Now, there is a statistic, and I'm going to misquote this, but if we don't come up with a cure in the next 20 years for Alzheimer's, every hospital bed in the United States will be full of Alzheimer's patients because of the baby boomers and how many of them there, there have. So I actually worked with a brain scientist, a brain doctor, whose number one task is to cure Alzheimer's. And he said that five years ago, he would have said, we're going to have a cure for Alzheimer's in five years. And so now it's five years later, there's no cure, but he says, he still says five years from now. So they feel like they're getting close and I hope they do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. My granny, she's still kicking, but she's basically suffering from Alzheimer's and dementia and stuff. It's pretty hard to watch. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. She still remembers my name. (laughs) But always, <laughs> She's uh, afraid you're going to arm bar her. Maybe. <laughs> not quite the opposite. <laughs> Granny was a bad chick, man. She whooped your ass. And I, I was just over there the other day and came in, and it was just. It was nice to know she knew my name still. Yeah. Because she's not always there. Yeah. But no, that's. Uh, I've seen a lot of people go through that, really. And then that's kind of. Where the Parkinsons went with yeah. my father in law, you know, just yeah. turned into dementia and stuff too, and he really didn't know who he was, where he was at by the end of it, and it was just hard to watch, man.
2: Man, I hope I live long enough to start seeing the cures for this stuff. But I was reading this book uh, that they're saying that like in a hundred years we might be able to get like chips implanted in our <laughs> brain that have memory like Google's and the oh, yeah. chip or whatever. Yeah,
0: yeah, probably sooner than that. <laughs> oh, I don't want to know that much though.
2: All the jujitsu moves you know think about that think
0: about maybe that. <laughs> maybe but i ignore the google on my phone even as much. I, it's um, it's cheating right <laughs> look at it when you get home and then remember it right no then do that and then but it, it'd be hard it's always it's kind of irritating everything on the fly bang oh okay. no, it is oh, oh, they, oh i'll just google that i'll google that i'm like ah oh, just be wrong. Just tell me right. something that's fucking right. wrong. Right, right. You know, I'll be okay with that, and then I'll go home and maybe look it up later and figure out that you were wrong because I want to <laughs> tell you you were wrong.
1: You know, or yeah. I'm wrong, and gives you reason to have a conversation later.
0: Yeah. Instead, <laughs> oh, let me just type that in. I'm not. No, that ain't right. Into conversation. Where's the debate after that? Not much of one. Let's argue about it a little bit so <laughs> <right. That's laughs> fucking yeah yeah don't prove me Actually, right you might, have, you might have
1: hit something there that might be part of the reason why we don't talk that much anymore because so well, we, we, everybody we could, knows everything well, we got we it think all we're think we so phone. factual
2: they do yeah. Yeah. yeah everybody and you know what you can get in debates on facebook with people who would never debate you in person because on facebook they got the time to go google it and all this and they're all oh, factual yeah. they're right p- posting all the links in person they're like such a nice person because they're not having, they're not looking it up
0: unless they are looking it up. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're putting in the time to remember it. Right. And, <laughs> yeah. That's where you come in. And no, so that, yeah, it's just too much jargon, too much stuff going on for me. I wish I didn't even have a telephone to be honest with you. I wish I didn't need one. Wish I didn't need telephone. I wish I didn't need money.
2: I knew you were about to you know, I post, you post a reply to one of my, I, sometimes I like, you know, post just to get responses, see what people think. And I asked, "What? Well, what do you think about money? That was all I posted. And you post, your comment was, uh, I, it's sad that it is necessary Yeah, or something like that. And I thought, man, that's an interesting, I never even thought of that. I probably said it's a bummer. Something like yeah. that. <laughs> sad is rough, you know. Sad
0: makes me seem too soft. So. You know, I say, I probably said it's a bummer that we need it. Yeah, you know, and that's that's how I feel about it. I wish I could teach for free. I wish I could tattoo for free. I wish we could trade some fucking services yeah. and all, and really just make things go around. Even when I'm able to do that at work, I feel better about it. Oh, yeah. you got something I need? Yeah. Well, I have something you need. Let's just right. do deal with it that way, right? And I'm not dipping off into your pocket, affecting your your mortgage and your groceries and all right. that. Let's just work it out. That that makes more sense to me, and I try to do that as much as I can with tattooing or jujitsu. Like yeah. People want privates or anything. Well, what do you got? Right. Where you going? I don't. How much you charge? Shit, I don't know. You know, I don't know what I charge for privates. What do you got? You know, what what do you do for a living? Or let's figure this out, or just hit him up with a couple and say, "Don't worry about it. I'll need something. Right. Yeah. Eventually, One day I'll need something. You know, you'll be there when I need it. And you know, who's really good about things like that. Is Gary too? You know, Gary gives his shirt off his back. Yeah. And never expect anything really.
2: No, I bought a I bought a gi from him. My last gi I bought one of those ones that say peak performance on the back, and I was like, Gary, I need every time I'm like, I need to pay you for this. I need to, pay. and eventually I did. But months and months went by before he even sent me the link. You know what yeah, what yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It's like, oh no, we'll do it. We'll take care of it, and it would be a lot smoother if things worked out that way. That's that's very family, and and friendly when people just watch each other's back. Yeah. And oh you need your lawn mode or whatever it might be. You can trust that person to watch your house when you're out of town. Just small little shit. But not a lot of that. People are behind the screens and there's a payment for everything. There's a process for everything. And then there's a Google answer for it on right. top of that, right? To prove you right or wrong. So Blunt, Ron. <laughs> Blunt. Black and white Google. No, that was a good an
2: answer that I always remembered. I did.
0: Well, maybe it's because I don't have a lot of money, so I'm kind of... Uh, <laughs> no, I think it's <laughs> but good attitude. attitude. It. It's more relaxed.
2: You know, I uh, I have no shame in, in, in admitting, you know, what, what I'm about to say because it's helped me out a lot, and if it helps me and it's good for me, then who cares what other people think? But I got a guy that I I pay once a week to go talk to him, you know, just talk about my thoughts and, you know, whatever words you want to put on it, you know? But uh, yeah. psychiatrist, not a psychiatrist, he's not a psychiatrist, a counselor or whatever. And one thing that he's really beaten in my head over the last month and it's a month last six months it's helped me relax a lot is to you know i'm like man i gotta get my business to do this x y and z he's like why man are you happy right now i'm like yeah i'm happy right now he's like so why are you putting all yourself under all this stress if to you know you're making yourself unhappy so you think you can be happy uh but you're already happy (laughs) so what you're saying makes a lot of sense and uh and it's it's uh it's I think it's it's why I got gray hair, and maybe why you don't, other than you're young man. Oh, still. I'm just way younger than you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're
0: well over forty, and I'm almost. What there. do you mean I'm well over forty? <laughs> counting can, in months. Ass, counting in so. months. Yeah. Oh shit, I'm coming up on it, man. Be forty before I know it. Be thirty-eight here in just a month. So, I don't. Um, I've never dreaded getting older. Yeah. All the to me all the coolest people I knew were older. They had the most intelligent shit to say. Yeah. You know, they had the guidance. It wasn't the people my age that I got the most guidance from. It was the people older for me that screwed up a lot and made all the decisions and there's a I always really liked this the respect older people got. Yeah. You know, somebody that was older and had handled their business for years. People don't fuck with them. Right, you know their family and their friends and acquaintances. They just know that that person's been around. They paid their dues. So if he wants to put his foot on the you know shoes on the couch, then let him fucking do it. And that's just how. And so I hope I get. I'm hope I'm able to live long enough to be old and crusty and all right. that. Right? <laughs> get off my that's lawn. A get off my lawn, kind of shit. And uh, that's. Um, I've never dreaded it. You know, my wife's seven years older than me. She's in her mid forties already, and. I think like most women, she hates it. Yeah. I'm getting older and she's always complaining. You're just so much younger. And what about when I get old and I'm fat and I'm wrinkly before you? And I said, babe, I'm still going to smash that. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Smashing can be a
2: jujitsu term too, but in a different way. Yeah.
0: (laughs) In a different way. I'm still all over it. Don't you worry about it. I like it. Yeah. That's kind of, you know, I'm attracted to that. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And, uh, Leave the Botox out of your face. Just let it happen. Please, I'm gonna let it happen. What am I? I mean, I just gotta. I'm missing a motherfucking tooth out of my face right now. So (laughs) you know, I'm not too. I'm not
2: too worried about it. Yeah. The downside of getting older is just the older you get, the, the closer you are to it all ending. But if you, once you can be okay with <laughs> that, you know, then yeah. there's really everything's okay. Well, yeah. then you better work hard in the meantime.
0: Yeah. It's, it's kind it of like that. Yeah. You better do everything you want to do in the meantime. And it's so cliche because if tomorrow doesn't happen. Right. It's we don't know what's happened. I, I would hate to be some pissed off spirit looking at myself being you lazy piece of shit. <laughs> you could have, you could have, you could have, you know, much like the speaking at the funeral, all of that. Just do it. Right. Just do what you want to do. And, um, I might be too lax about money and things. Sometimes And my wife has to get on to me about, it. I'm like, nah, eh, whatever, yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. She's the one who asked me, but, I think if I'm thinking about that, I'm not thinking about the things I really care about. If I'm just thinking about money and what the money I need.
2: So here's an exercise that I've I've been kind of doing with myself lately. And I'm not trying to put anybody on the spot here, but I did not know. I was on uh, Ancestry.com and I've recently found out my great grandfather's names, James Allen White. This is my great great, not my grandfather, but my great I didn't know my great grandfather's name before that moment, so I don't I know mine you, either. That's what the point I was going to get at. Do you know your great grandfather's name? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the point I'm hoping to get at. The most without our great grandfather or our great grandmother, we got four of them, all of us do, none of us would be here if they didn't have, you know, and, and ultimately we, we can trace our roots back to them. I know one, okay, we know, so you know, 20 75% of them you don't know, yeah. and here's the whole point I'm getting at a hundred years from now. People aren't even gonna know that you who you were. Not even your own great grandchildren, most wow. likely. So just chill the fuck out and live your life. <laughs> no. Don't stress out. In a hundred years, even your own great grandchildren aren't gonna know your name. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that just helped me <laughs>
0: chill out a little bit. I only ever met one of my gra- I remember well, I guess I remember two, but not my on my mother's side, I'm pretty sure her name was Rose. Rose. okay i'm pretty sure and then my grandmother's dad my granny's dad i'm pretty sure his name was ermal ermal so your
2: grandmother's dad. dad yeah so you know you know some of them yeah you know some ermal i think his name Irmel. was Ermel. that's a and, cool name and uh yeah but you know Let's I, bring it back
0: bring it back <laughs> <laughs> so that that was a What's request up, from my granny what That's was probably you? why I remember that name is that when she... I, if I had a boy could I, we name it Ermal. <laughs> and uh, I said we'd give it a thought. <laughs> How yeah. about a middle name? Yeah. You know what?
2: Now that I th- so when I think about it, your grandparents—you got four sets of, of of.
0: Well, I've got. Well, you have four total, right? You got your mom's parents and your dad's parents.
2: Yeah, your mom's parents and your dad's parents, mm-hmm. but there's two people. Per per. So then you gotta think so it's gonna of be there. Yeah, so then when you're great, there's it's even yeah. a larger number. So, so I knew I knew my
0: grandparents on my dad's side. Yeah. I knew both of them. They were George and Wanda. I I wish I could remember my his my granddad's first name yeah. because we have a weird thing on my dad's side of the family that we all go by our middle names. Yeah. My dad goes by his middle name, I go by my middle name, and then my grandma's on that side, her name was Wanda. And then I never met my granddad on the other side. He died in Vietnam, got uh, shot down from a helicopter. And his name was Lee. I do know that. But I don't know anything about his parents. Never even heard a lick about it. So, man, that kind of (laughs) stings when you put it like that. Yeah. It's not going to go any further than my grandkids.
2: But on the other hand, it's liberating. You know, it's like liberating. Hey, you know, just live your life, you know, Do what you want to do. Don't worry about what other people think because one day you're going to be gone and they ain't even going to think about you anyways. Yeah. And I mean, now, now let me say this. Why do I do the Afghanistan memory wall to not let those people's names die? There's a, there's a saying that everybody dies two deaths. They die the time they die and then they die the time the last person, their name is spoken. So of uh, those 2,400 people, there's somebody on that wall that doesn't have a close family that's kind of maybe forgotten about them a little bit, or maybe they were older or whatever. Out of the 2,400, there's got to be a situation where there's at least one person. Well, as long as I'm doing this Afghanistan wall, I'm speaking his name in a way, or her name by right, and keeping right. their memory alive.
0: Well, you're the man. Well. <laughs> you're the man. It's pretty awesome. Yeah,
1: no one else is doing anything like that, right?
2: Well, not maybe not exactly like that because they don't. Nobody else. Uh, there's very few people who who do memory at that level. I guess you would say. But you know, everybody in their own way. There's a guy who paints pictures of people who died and people mm. who write songs and stuff like
1: that. So there's people out there making some making some waves at least I guess. Yeah. But like you said, with with the visual, writing the names out and seeing everything, seeing how much you uh, take in is spectacle in itself
2: yeah it's 52 feet long now it's probably 56 feet long but it is a uh wow. people do look at it and they're like whoa i didn't really realize that it was that much I and mean, that's kind of the impact i wanted to have yeah iraq there was 4500 who've died so twice as many wow. um i could have memorized iraq but it made more sense to do afghanistan because that's where i served it was more meaningful. that was your experience yeah yeah so I recently memorized the United States Constitution where I Fox and Friends morning show is, uh, you know, the Fox News morning show. And I've been on their show seven or eight times. And this uh, three of the times I've written out the Afghanistan wall. Well, last May, I emailed them and I'm like, hey, can I do I want to do the Afghanistan wall on July 4th? And, you know, we were six weeks away and I knew they were probably going to say no because they've had me on three years in a row. Eventually, no matter how moving it is, they, they want to do new stuff. So I said, I can do the, or P.S. If you want, I can memorize the United States Constitution word for word. It's 4,500 words. Well, I hadn't even started. I knew we, (laughs) we, the people of the United States, but I knew that from third grade. So I'm hoping. I'm like hoping beyond hope. Number one, they have me on the show. But number two, they don't pick the Constitution because I haven't even started. And this was six weeks away from July 4th. Oh, shit. So this was last year. So they emailed me back like two days later. Wrong! we'd love to have a back on the show we've already done the afghanistan War. Well, we'll do the constitution we'll see you then it's gonna be great And i'm like oh shit oh man <laughs> so time. Uh, i spent the next four weeks and i memorized it and then i wrote it out you know on their show uh that was fun but less meaningful but still fun mm-hmm. yeah you know there's just something about it's just a bunch of words really but you know what? It did come in handy in a Facebook debate recently. I was on Facebook last night. If <laughs> some guy gets on Facebook and he posted on Facebook, do you know why we are, it's possible for Muslims to hold office in the United States? He said that was against the law before 1990, but uh, John McCain, and he listed all these politicians off, passed this law that said Muslims could run for office. And that's why we don't like these politicians. And I reply back, well, actually, I memorized the Constitution last year and the Constitution Says there will be no religious test to hold office, so Muslims have always been able to hold office. And then he replied back with something stupid, but what can you reply back, you know, after, yeah. after that? But it is uh crazy how people believe crazy things with no basis, they're
1: not even crazy things, they just believe anything, yeah, yeah, without delving into where it came from. I mean, because
2: their own
0: biases,
1: yeah, because it sounds good
0: and just what it, was pushed on them early, even, right? Yeah. They yeah, that, no fault um, of their own. Sometimes. They had that girl on the Rogan podcast recently that was part of that Westboro Baptist Church. Oh, yeah. you yeah. know the God hates. Baptist oh Church really? And all that. Oh yeah. man. And then, but she has been converted. Oh. Okay. You know, now she's, I guess well, we can say normal, just so everybody understands. You know, she doesn't have those same outlooks, and that happened through Twitter with her. Mm-hmm. So a weird connection to that is I was watching some old Howard Stern clips the other day and they did this shit Holly weird squares where they they get the most bizarre people and it's just like Hollywood squares well one of the squares was that lady's mother her and her sister when she was probably 13 or 14 years old and now she's a grown grown adult but on Howard Stern the Howard Stern show, she's saying God hates bags, bags burn in hell, all <laughs> this, you know. But now yep. she's on a different social media platform promoting something else. Right. And it was just so bu- so bizarre to see that uh at a young age, how she totally believed it and her mom was sitting there pushing it, pushing it, and then when she got some some real outside advice and exposure, she said, Oh, well, I've been living in a box. Right. This isn't how things are at all. And then changes the tune, starts experiencing more things. And that's, you can either choose to do it or not. And and then you, I can almost feel sympathy for the people that don't even know they have the choice to follow or lead. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Or to, or to just go on their own path. They, they're just, they're so Mentally or emotionally beaten into submission or convinced that they just go like sheep, like lemmings, just right off the cliff into the water. Yeah. So it was cool to see that. Like, oh, man, this girl changed her mind. And then I, yeah, I, I flipped out when I saw her on the Howard Stern. So I said, that's the same fucking girl. <laughs> and here she is hating fags right there. And now, she's, now, she, now she won't even call them a fag, you know. <laughs> now let's just
2: hear with her girlfriend.
0: Let's well, say the fag's a bundle of sticks. Isn't that what it was? Isn't that what yeah. it really is? Yeah, that was like the early term for it. And then uh, my neighbors, they call their cigarettes fags. Oh, you got a fag. So yeah. who's right, who's wrong?
2: You know, you asked earlier, you said, what was some of your takeaways from Afghanistan? I think that was one of my biggest take. Before I went to Afghanistan, I was uh, very religious, I guess you could say. I taught Bible study at a local church here, a big church, for 10 years. Oh, wow. I mean, I, I was, you know, I would, you know, when I'd see the people on the streets or whatever, I'd, I'd, hey, man, can I pray with you? And I'm not knocking that. I'm not knocking that at all. Because if that helps you in life and if that's what you believe and who knows? Maybe I'm wrong now. Maybe I'm wrong. But it's just not the way I see things anymore. And a lot of that shifted when I was in Afghanistan. And, and I saw people die. I didn't see them die from, from me pulling the trigger and... Them dying, but I saw it through you know uh, video feeds that we had in our office, and I'm just like, man, is that guy when he dies right now? Is he really going to be transported to an eternal lake of fire where he's being tortured right now because he wanted fifty dollars to fight in the Taliban for the week or whatever to buy rice for his family? What he needed, <laughs> you know? right? To get what he needed, yeah, to get what he needed I'm like, no, I don't believe that. I think he's, you know, so I just, you know, it was a big shift
1: for me. Yeah.
0: And there's there's a hard, it, that must be a hard line too, when you know some people are doing it because they have to do yeah. that. And then other people are doing it because they believe it. Right. And maybe it's the best option. Maybe they say, you know what, I'm going to do this because it's better than somebody killing me and my family and torturing me and my family because we don't support what they do. I, I couldn't imagine being in those
2: situations. And it's, it's otherworldly to me because I'm not in it. It's crazy. I mean I I you will never convince me that after Pearl Harbor December 7th, 1941, the United States did not have to go defeat Japan. We did. They came here and attacked us. You'll never convince me that after September 11th, 2001, we didn't have to go to the Taliban, who was the government of Afghanistan, and say, give us al-Qaeda, which we did. And then al-Qaeda said, no, we're not giving you, or the Taliban said, no, we're not giving you al-Qaeda. And I fully believe at that moment we had to go say, okay, you won't give them, we're going to go in and get us. I fully believe that. And, you know, I'm, I'm not political person but i fully believe that now after we're in there and i'm we're against them and they're against us then i gotta also rationally ask myself if the reverse happened and somebody else came into the united states whose team would i be on oh yeah even (laughs) if even if they were right and i was in my country was wrong which i believe we were in the right i do in afghanistan maybe not iraq but afghanistan i do believe that and um I would probably fight against if I was born in Afghanistan, I would have probably fought against the United States. And sure. that's terrible for me to say cuz I'm the guy who wants to honor the fallen, but mm-hmm. it's just it's just the complexity of war. And you know, yeah. brought up believing what you what yes. what you're told from a young age. What are the yeah.
0: odds, right, of what's going to happen? Say the yeah, the US comes in and they they try to whatever take over eliminate al-Qaeda, but it doesn't work and you're still stuck there. Right. Are are you stuck there from uh, you'd never supported Al Qaeda and you do you know, you did everything you could to hurt them in the process or now and and now they're in your face, you know, like, oh, you're still here. So we're going to do what we have to
2: with you. I don't know. Um, No way. It's a mess. And there's that guy Rambo who fought on the side of the United States. Yeah. So maybe I would hope that I would have the courage to to do that if my country was truly in the wrong. If my country was truly in the wrong, I would hope I would have the courage.
1: To yeah, do that. right.
2: Be
0: rough.
1: Courage and knowledge, I guess. Knowledge weren't, weren't brainwashed,
0: right? I was listening to somebody the other day that they're, um, they're converting tons of books into Arabic now. That's what they're doing. Just tons of American books or books from all over the world. They're com- converting them over into Arabic because they've never been exposed to them. Just regular books. Regular yeah. novels, Edgar Allan Poe and all this. They have no idea who that is. It's like, oh, okay. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, what
1: what kind of art and stuff are we missing mm-hmm. from other places? Well, oh, Probably some
0: really cool shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's and a whole music of really and poetry. Cool and,
1: yeah. and that we'll never probably see, but who knows? And that goes with uh, what we were talking about earlier, of people being a little too scared, I guess, of embarrassment or whatever. You know, there's, there's probably a lot of art that doesn't even see the light of day because people are too scared to share it. I think right. they're going to get criticized or...
0: Oh, I've thrown you know, away whatever. 99% of what I've drawn probably yeah. or created because I was worried about... Eh, it just wasn't good enough. Yeah, Dude, so that. do
2: you draw all... I mean, not your tattoos because you probably have somebody else tattoo you, but all of these tattoos I see you post, you draw that out first? All of them. That's insane, dude. That's a sick talent. Every is, single one. is good.
0: I don't know if it's a talent.
2: <laughs> i've been drawing for a long time
0: you know talent. Yeah, just, just like the talent. memory right You that's gotta right. train, you can train it yeah talent's a funny word
2: yeah i would say this is a skill because it's something i learned how to do in a talent i see it as something more you're born with so mm-hmm. what would you say the drawing is for you a talent if, the, if that's how you divine talent and skill and i don't know if it is but if that's the definition what would you how would you say about you and drawing uh
0: that it's a skill Okay. I started drawing really young with my granny. My granny did pastel art, realism. She would do portraits with pastels. And I stayed with my granny a lot. And we drew. Oh, wow. That's (laughs) what we did. We drew and we painted and she taught me about things like that. But she never taught me anything. She just handed me things and said, be (laughs) creative and do what you want. And she praised everything I ever did. And I was the kid that was obsessed with... The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, <laughs> uh, Jason Voorhees, Freddy yeah. Krueger. That was me. So these are all my pictures. I, I re- and it's Jason stabbing somebody, and he's got a fucking head up in his hand. And, all- and my granny would just be like,
3: oh, I love it.
0: Oh, my God, it's so good. And, um, and my teachers would be freaked out by it. And, but my granny always supported that. Oh, yeah. it's so beautiful. And um, I still have everything she kept. Oh wow! From
2: that, she's still
0: living and stuff. But oh, I, was I about have. To add,
2: so she sees your tattoo now. Yeah. In the back of her mind, she's got to think I kind of had a play. Oh, a she was just. In that.
0: She encouraged me my whole life to draw, and praised everything I ever did, no matter what it looked like. So right. Um, yeah, I have all those boxes of drawings from me being a little little bitty kid, a toddler, and all the way up. You know, she gave that to me some years back, and it's crazy when I look at it because I can visual. I can remember my grandmother's kitchen. I can remember her living room. I can remember my art station as a tiny little kid. You know, when I see those pictures, I can almost remember drawing them or coloring them, and that's that's how my memory kicked in with that. It was very visual. I see that. Oh man. Yeah. Right. And and then even a a weird thing, a couple of years back when she gave me that box. I had a picture in there that had all these crazy little UFOs in it, but the UFOs had fangs and they had claws, and they looked a lot like that movie Batteries Not Included. Yeah. Does everybody remember that? The little alien machines came down, they'd float around. Um. I still kind of draw my little UFOs like that as an adult. And when I saw that, I said, oh, shit, that looks, you know. <laughs> I've, been, I've been doing that for 30 years, the same one. I mean, that's where it started, you know, but I still have the same thing. And if I wanted to be crazy, it'd be UFO with big teeth and aliens in it. And there was the blueprint for it. The original rough draft was right there in that box 30 years ago. And I was like, oh, no shit. So it did kind of stick to me and that's stick so cool. with me, transferred over. <laughs> No, Granny was awesome. She supported everything that I wanted to do for sure. That's awesome.
2: It's, yeah, it's got to be a good feeling for her.
1: As far as your mind palace, I was going to ask you do you think it would be more beneficial to create like a virtual house or something you could revisit often? Or do you think it's good to just train like in new places, someone else's house or a.
2: Right. Well. So there's several questions in there, I guess. I would say first of all, do I prefer a virtual or a real, like an existing house? Mm -hmm. I do, I do prefer a real house, and because I think you could just move around it so much quicker. Now that question has always been alive ever since I've been in memory training. Can you use a movie? Can you watch a movie and see the use the the scenes as a mind palace? Yeah. If you like video games, could you use a map of a look? of a layout in video games to memorize the sequence. So the question has always been around, you know, can you use virtual? And I never have, never not once. Um, Hmm. There are some people who do that. So I was reading uh, these old memory books, one by Cicero 2000 years ago and one by a guy named uh, Giordano was his name. And he lived 500 years ago in China. And he was talking about imaginary mind palaces in this book five hundred years ago. Wow! So he was saying that it is possible, and I know that it's possible, but I've never done it. And the reason I've never done it is because I think we all have so many real locations that it's not necessary. At least for me. So when I memorized the Afghanistan wall, that's I needed. There's twenty four hundred people, and I so I used twenty four hundred locations. Um, I wanted to give each person their own location or piece of furniture because that keeps it less cluttered, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. Yeah, if I tried to put three people per piece of furniture and so use eight hundred pieces of furniture instead of twenty four hundred, could I have done it? Yes, less furniture. But I might have confused it. In other words, if I see if I have three names imagined on my TV set and I'm standing there at the Afghanistan wall, maybe I remember all three names, but I want the order is important. The order of their Ah, death. So how do you know you're in in the right order? So there's just so many reasons that it made sense to give each person their own. So how do you number 2,400 pieces of furniture unless you live in this incredible mansion? And I don't. I have 45, 50 pieces of furniture numbered in my condo. So after that, I went through downtown Fort Worth, which is where I live, and I numbered spots in a hotel, and the barbecue place. And there used to be a Barnes & Nobles there. I had spots there numbered. So which brings up a really good so, so I number twenty four hundred places that way. And the US constitution I memorized in an area of Fort Worth called the stockyards. You know, there's all these bars there, the white elephants and white elephant and Billy Bobs and all that. And I had the constitution imagined around that. But so but let's go back to the question of what happens if the mine the location no longer exists. Mm-hmm. Well, one of my locations is in Wilmington, North Carolina where I used to live. I haven't lived there in thirteen years. But I still know the guy we talked about earlier, Lance Corporal Cody Childers, uh-huh. he is in my, my mind palace in North Carolina. So even though I haven't been there in 13 years, I could still remember what it looked like. The, the Barnes and Nobles in downtown Fort Worth hasn't existed in years, but I still remember what it looked like in my mind. My mom's house is a mind palace for me. I memorized that string of numbers that you gave me earlier. Using my mom's house. Well, it's the way my mom's house looked in 1991 when I took this memory <laughs> course. It, you know, it's 28 years later now. I go visit her and I'm like, Mom, what are you doing? This place doesn't look the same. You're jacking with my career here. Move, move everything back. Yeah. But actually, I can remember the way it always looked. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So even if you move stuff around, it doesn't matter now to to button up this question i guess and to answer your question you can use virtual mind palaces okay. but i never have but some memory champions do and some even 500 years ago were doing it
1: yeah yeah I, I assume it would be easier if you're actually looking at something physically in front of you to remember versus you know making something up in your head that you, you have know to
2: I had Micah's uh, got a blind dog, you know, and I asked him earlier, I'm like, has he memorized a map of the house? Because if you think about it, all of us right now could probably turn off the lights in our house or close our eyes or whatever. You know, you you wake up at three in the morning, you're hungry, you want to go get something to eat. you don't want to turn all the lights on to wake everybody up, you can walk around the house and avoid the furniture for the most part. You might kind of bump into a chair or something because you know where that furniture is in your brain. You've memorized. Everybody that's listening to this right now has memorized a map of their their house. So why not use that to your advantage and just number the spots and use it to memorize something?
1: Yeah. No, it makes sense. I, I watched quite a few of your videos over the week. Okay. I was... It was interesting to see the progress from, like, some of the first earlier ones, no beard, and
2: yeah, getting old. He's Like, dude, he's getting older. He's got less <laughs>
0: hair. Yeah, <laughs>
2: you gained a few pounds there.
0: Right? Oh well, you had a well, you had a quite a physical transformation, really, though. Like over the last few years in jujitsu. Uh,
2: you know what, jujitsu changed my life. I uh, so in t- I was telling Micah this story on the way here. I have a friend, Brian. You know, I mentioned his name earlier. For years, or at least a year or so, Brian was like, "Hey, dude, you should come to jujitsu with me." I'm like, "Dude, I'm you know, I'm 225 pounds, and I'm just you know, I'm not athletic, and no, I'm not going to jujitsu." And uh, then I am speaking at a uh, uh, for a, a guy in D.C. who owns jujitsu gyms. And all these jujitsu gym owners are in the audience. And I go around, you know who Big Nog and Little Nog? Oh is? yeah. Yeah, the Jira or whatever. Nogera. Noguera. yeah. They were they were there in that audience. It was a fun time. But uh so I memorized a 50-digit number like I did for y'all. These jujitsu gym black belts were applauding, and I got intimidated. All these black belts are applauding for me. I gotta deflect this somehow. So the way I chose to deflect it was I said, guys, look, this is just a system. You know, I memorized a number. Your jiu is a system. I could learn your system. You could learn my system. And this black belt on the front row raised his hand. I'm like, oh, my God. I didn't expect somebody in Fort Worth to be in this audience. You know, I was kind of more speaking hypothetically. He's like, I got a gym in Fort Worth. His name is Paul Homie. So I got off the stage. I texted Brian. I'm like, man, can you go to Paul homie's gym with me. I know you do jujitsu Just so I'll have less anxiety about this cuz I really got myself in a mess here. I can't back out on this guy. Paul and uh, Dondy was there. And uh and Dondy said said words to me that day that I'll never forget. He said, "Man, it's going to change your whole body." And uh so then I texted Brian, "Man, can you go I've committed myself to this guy." And Brian texted back, "You" dumb motherfucker that is where i go to jujitsu, and i've been trying to get you to go for years <laughs> <or> whatever. <laughs> but anyways yeah. so we show up and, the, and it did it transformed my whole body uh uh not that i'm a specimen now but boy back then that it was terrible yeah. you know it was and and you know what that really goes to show you i was so i was 225 so you're bigger than you're bigger even if it's fat than the average guy, right? So you walk in here, I'm kind of bigger than the average guy. I'm bigger than these clowns. Yeah, Yeah. I had anxiety about it, but I also had a very misplaced confidence about it. And that misplaced confidence disappeared in about four minutes of my first class (laughs) years ago.
0: And that happens to people that are very physically fit coming into their first class also. Yeah. Yeah, that first four minutes will let you fucking know that oh, yeah, this you, isn't you, what i thought at all is
1: there a tendency to to go a little harder on on the physically fit
0: no okay <laughs> no no i don't um
1: unless they go harder at first
0: you might ex- that's exactly it you know and really my my thing is i i try to get a gauge on their personalities and mentalities even before we start rolling yeah and you can tell if somebody's just gonna if they're nervous and they're gonna kind of come into it and Or if they're all gung-ho and they're going to fuck you up. If they they were me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If they were me my first day, uh, then you got to handle them up. Right. you you ain't got to hurt them. Don't hurt them because you want them to come come back. back. That's right. You want them to be back tomorrow, but you need to prove it to them. You need to let them know. Um, I want to take them just to the point of throwing up. (laughs) I've been to that point
2: and stepped over the line a few times. Yeah, (laughs)
0: if they throw up. Even better. <laughs> I'm, I'm all right with it. It's a big cheer when people start running off the mat. Oh, you see, it. everybody stops what they're doing.
3: Yeah! And they start cheering
0: and clapping. Get you some. And you can hear Joel is the classic yeah, example. You yeah. can hear Joel all the way across the gym in the Jeez. bathroom. And uh-huh. It's it's a badge of honor for everybody else, you know, and kind of him too, because if you can go in there and push yourself to and the then point. come back. Yeah. Man, you know, that takes a lot, dude. Yeah. Even that, it takes a lot. So that's a lot of fun. And, but the the physical guys, nah, it's, it's all on their mouth and their mm. mannerisms is how I'm going to treat them. Yeah. But, you know, I don't care if they're big physical guys or whatever. Mm. I might have to worry a little bit more about their abilities, you know, or their strength if I see that. Yeah. But overall, I'm, I'm not really that worried about it. Yeah. It is what it is, you know. They cool. should be worried. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Right, I right. Experience. <laughs> they should That's be worried.
2: That's true. I'm still tapping in my mind from our last. But
0: trip. I don't have, you know, I don't have uh, the most innocent looking face or anything <laughs> either. So they probably think already, like, oh, this guy's probably a dick. Right. You know, he's probably an asshole. He's probably gonna come hard anyway. And then other people, they're a little more humble
1: looking or unassuming. And, or you send a little young teenager in there, a teenage girl. That's right. And they'll still get whooped. That's right.
0: And she is the sweetest girl you will ever meet. She is so nice and respectful, and she just had a job to do, and she knew it. Yeah. I love her to death for it. Thanks for representing well. Uh, right. That's how I look at it. And that's great. I love her. I love her brother, and I love all my students, all these kids. I got to... I got two students in the last two weeks that have hit me up for tattoos, and I started teaching both these kids at like nine years old. Oh wow! wow. Yeah. One of them just good uh, joined the military; that's what he's wanted to do since that age. And then the other, he's just wanted a tattoo. So, and I'll be tattooing those kids soon. It's fucking crazy, man. That's just wild. Wild. If I Time ever flies. get a tattoo,
2: you will be the one that does it. But <laughs> I would love to. We'll see if it happens. Yeah,
0: I would love to.
1: Maybe in the future we can do a tattoo podcast.
0: Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be that'd be a lot of fun. And then um, I could probably hook up my buddy Nick and have him say he's got a different perspective on it than I do. And he's yeah. incredibly talented. And I work with a bunch of real talented people. I work with a guy that when I started tattooing, I was seeing him in the magazines and I thought he was the motherfucking man. You know, and I was really trying to imitate his style. And without him knowing it, I was biting his style through magazines. Right. And then then he ended up doing a guest spot with us some years back. And I couldn't fucking believe it. I was like, this dude, Kelly Gormley, is like in the shop that I work at. I'm going to be in a booth with this guy at a convention. And then before, you know, then he he did a couple of those with us. And then now he works at, at our shop. And to me, every weekend when I go in, I can't believe that I work with this person that 17, 18 years ago, I was looking at in magazines and wondering how anybody ever gets that good. Yeah. And when I met him, he wasn't a dick. He was super cool. You know, he was really nice and mellow and we had a lot of things in common. And it just, it worked. And uh, Kelly Gormley, Nick, you know, Nick Clark, he's incredible. His brother, John Clark's incredible. Jason Mims. I mean, you're just, they're all, I can't be happier to work with some of these people. The owner, Sam, she's fucking incredible. And uh, we got a couple newer guys there that are really good as also, as well. And it's a nice environment to learn nothing's ever ever stale everybody that tattoos there does something differently so i'm always looking at other people's work and wondering yeah. what i can steal without offending them
1: yeah i always liked that whenever i was getting tattoos more often watching other artists come over and watch you mm-hmm. know and ask like you know what are you going to do here what's what's this going to be and yeah. it was just really cool the, the environment i liked the environment a lot that's yeah. what kind of drew me in why I was interested yeah I feel like a while. little
0: kid still even when Kelly's around because I'll ask him oh what, how would you do that and how would you do this and even if I'm stumped I text him at night and send him pictures oh how would you do this and that and yeah he uh, at one point he had a, an option he could either went and work for Marvel or pursue tattooing who's that now his Man. name's Kelly okay yeah uh, Kelly Gormley and uh, he chose tattooing instead of that wow hmm. It's pretty
1: cool. Because you could just tattoo Marvel stuff. You
3: could. <laughs> and it does, and,
0: he, and he, does he does it really well. Yes. Awesome. does it really well. Hey, Ron, I wanted
1: to ask, this is something I want to incorporate in a lot of my, or all of my podcasts, really, because I want to get a perspective from different people. But have you ever had any sort of depression or experience with depression?
2: Well, yes, uh, I have, you know, and it's not something that um, I necessarily talk about in public, but I'm happy to do it. Uh, You know, I think there's a lot of different ways that you can handle it and and deal with it. And um, it's it's not just a minor thing for me. You know, it's not like, oh, yeah, sometimes I get down and depressed. It's it's uh, a significant thing for me, a big crippling thing for me. I've I've never been uh, suicidal. But I have dealt with depression and anxiety a lot. I kind of alluded to the fact that I was seeing a counselor earlier in the podcast. And it's not, not also not something I talk about publicly, but it's not out of shame. It's just out of I just focus on what's the solution a lot mm-hmm. instead of the sympathy. But I do know right. it's it's real. Uh, recently, I was I was I live in downtown Fort Worth, and I was walking. I I I hear somebody. I saw this homeless girl, her hair was all ratted up and her skin just looked terrible and she had no teeth and, and I walked, you know, and I went and did my thing. And then, but in the back of my mind, I kept thinking about this homeless girl because I know a lot of that's mental illness that they're on the streets. And I walked back by and whenever I did walk back by, uh, she said, Ronnie. And I'm like, that's my real name. You know, few people, my family calls me Ronnie. Brian calls me Ronnie. Who is this person calling me Ronnie? So I'm like, Yeah. And she goes, it's Melissa. Well, Melissa is my cousin who I hadn't seen in 12 years. She kind of disappeared. She deals with the impression of other stuff. And now she's a homeless person on the street. Uh, I have uh, her mom is homeless. And her mom's not related to me by blood, but she is. And then I have another, I have a, 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 a very close family member that has dealt with homelessness a lot. And, and they're not right now, but it's all mental illness. So when you come to a topic of like mental illness part of it is genetics you know part mm-hmm. of it is is there's something passed down you know in the genetics the biology of a person and that's something that i can't deny because it is a hundred percent there uh, but the way i approach it and handle it is is i i ask myself you know what's causing this and i mean i'm mm-hmm. like just deep a lot of times i've not gone to in the evening because i was so depressed you know i just which what would be the best thing for me to do go to jujitsu, mm-hmm. right but it got a hold of me and so you know my thing is is okay what's what is causing this you know we have uh juan tatum the guy i gave you your black belt the guy i train under so i you know i i go through times where it's harder and last year i went through a hard time and you know juan checked on me via text and you know he said ron how you doing and i said uh man, something ain't right up there. you know something's not right in my brain. I don't know what it is, but I also know that I'm not I'm I'm gonna handle it. And so I just have to ask myself, is this genetic? Is it uh, due to things I'm putting in my body like s- too much scotch you know yeah. uh, Is it due to my thoughts? Is it due to what I'm doing physically like I'm not exercising or I am exercising? And so I just got to control what I And I'm going off. Your question was simple and I'm going talking. No, them. That's fine. Um, but there's certain things that I can't control. I can't control the things that are biological that have been passed down from my family. There are things that I can control. I can control the way I think, you know, uh, when when I get a moment where the anxiety arises for me, I in that moment, I have a choice to think rationally or irrationally. And if I start thinking irrationally about it, then the, you know, your brain's going to put off the cortisol and all, all the other stuff you're going to get stressed out, which is going to probably lead to anxiety whether well, that is anxiety, but it could lead to depression. And so that's the cycle I was in. So I had to think rationally. And when I began to think irrationally, I had, I, cause I got control over my thoughts. So I had to think, okay, is this a rational or an irrational thought right now? that I'm thinking. And that's, that's a tool I kind of use. Um, and I can't control genetics, but I can not control my thoughts. I can control what I put in my body. You know, I, uh, in the last six months, I've, I haven't drank that much. I've drank three or four times, but when I drank, oh boy, you know what <laughs> I'm saying? Down. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't have a drop of alcohol from August 1st, uh, on and and w- August was a day that I had talked to Juan. You know, I um, uh, I had some irrational thoughts. Why is this person not texting me back right now? What's going on? And then you go down this road of all these irrational thoughts. Oh, yeah. Well, how do you handle the irrational thoughts? You get a glass of scotch and you slam it down, and then you say, "I want another one. I oh. want another one. I want another one." And I had fourteen or fifteen scotches. In a four-hour period, the next thing you know, I check my phone the next day, and I had an eight-minute phone call with Juan Tatum that I don't recall, and I'm, like, overcome with guilt <laughs> and embarrassment, like, what the fuck did I say? Uh-huh. I still don't know what I said because I don't have the bravery to ask him. <laughs> but I guess the point is is I do struggle with depression, and there are some things that I can't control, but I can control. I haven't had a drop of alcohol in two months, and the reason that I haven't is I know that it only magnifies the depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try to go to jujitsu as much as I can, which is not enough. Uh, and I try to think rationally more than irrationally. Anytime something pops up, and those, but you know what, I still struggle with it because the part that's genetic and whatever is still very real.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You said you you thought that was a lot of explanation, but I mean that's what I was looking for because it's you, the mind can go all over the place of reasons why you could be stressing over something too much or questioning something too much. So it's very, that's why I'm very curious about because I've never really experienced, uh, I don't think any sort of true depression. So it's hard for me to, to really picture what someone thinks in their mind. If it's just replaying a scenario over and over again, or if it's multiple different things, or if it is a lot of genetics or, you know, just your environment you grew up around too. I mean, I don't know. Illness. I can't
0: relate to it, to depression. I, I understand there are depressing moments, but I can't relate to it as a, a, con, a consistent thing right. that comes up. Yeah. Um, but maybe depression and anger are kind of the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have the anger. Because I can...
1: I think you and I are on the same page there. We have the anger, but we didn't get well, I can get mad get about depression. things. And then
0: yeah. somebody told me the smartest thing I ever fucking heard once. Yeah. Uh, when I was explaining it that way Like I just have anger problems And what the guy told me Jeff Nash thank you so much For the good piece of advice is that I have a fucking maturity problem <laughs> Not an anger problem Yeah, right. I have a problem being mature right? Right. I get angry just fine There's no problem yeah. right. I get mad about shit I'm real capable of that But my maturity level was pretty low So when he said that to me I felt like the biggest dummy. I was like, man, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's exactly what a, the fucking problem is, is. I have a problem making a big boy decision and being mature. Mm-hmm. And that kind of helped it. And then as far as depression goes, I can't say that anything's ever like weighed me down. One thing in particular, like I hear about it. My sister was one person that has dealt with it a lot. And uh, I never understood it. Yeah, I get sad feelings but i don't understand the like how people let them linger mm-hmm. i'm just so obsessive on things that that i don't my brain says i ain't got time for that Let's figure out what the you're, fucking is the
1: problem. You're obsessed with fixing it versus yes. obs, not obsessing over, you know, like replaying something over and over yes. again.
0: And then even in those moments, I overlook things, too. So I might have to revisit and then figure it out and say, oh, that was kind of fucking with me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I ever dealt with any kind of depression, it, I guess it would have been in this last year. But I couldn't even say that was the case. There was just things that happened and there was more than normal to work through. Yeah and uh, at times it caught me up and I made a few bad decisions in the meantime or I lashed out on somebody and you know, I was talking too much shit or something, that, that was it but nothing's ever just I hear people are bedridden sometimes and they just can't get off the couch and I've seen it a lot in my family when my family is one that's talked about it's genetics as well M- my brain says nah, if it was genetic I would have it you know, that's, that's kind of what my brain says. So maybe it's, maybe it's an excuse. That's the excuse you're using for feeling that way and for staying in that position and not getting yourself out yeah, of it. Yeah, or you could so,
1: subconsciously believe that, you know, without really... Trying to figure out another reason why. Yeah,
0: there, there's so many things, and it was like I explained last time I was here. You know, whenever I decided to do differently and not be an asshole, and I decided to start being productive, I was so hardcore one way or the other that I didn't have time for their reasons why they were the way they were. Right. Yeah. All I needed to know was, why the fuck am I this way, and how am I going to get out of this hole? Yeah. You know. Yeah. And then let's just let's just climb. Let's just climb. And if you're if you're down there on the bottom, I ain't got time for you we're climbing we're climbing yeah. so and that was that's that's good and bad at the same time because I stepped over and on a lot of people in the meantime that maybe could have been more I could have been more aid or they could have been more aid to me just because yeah. I didn't give them that time you know
2: well it's difficult you know I mean there is a there is a very real uh the serotonin and dopamine and oxytocin in our brains you know when the serotonin levels get low you will feel depressed but there are also you got to ask why are your serotonin levels lower are you laying around are you not going outside yeah, are you there's not a exercising you know what i'm saying so then it's kind of like a steamroller effect it is in your brain it is a chemical in your brain but maybe if you went out and you exercised and you did something so i it does i have sympathy for people who struggle with depression because i do uh, but i also know that, and that when i say this I don't say this as a rule for anybody else. I just have it as a rule for myself. But my rule for myself is, is don't be a little bitch. You know? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, why am I depressed? Okay, what can I do? What can I, you know, how can I fight it? And um, it's very, I see, you know, I'm fine pretty much right now. You know, this is fine. But uh, but I still see the guy, you know, just we talk through things. um, And that helps me just to stay level-headed and clear sure. and, what what i determined for me was i was getting anxiety you know and then the anxiety was kind of leading to being depressed and once i got a hold on the anxiety you know everything not everything went fine you know I, it's not all roses but but the anxiety directed some decisions yeah that's, then,
0: that's exactly what i was saying and then this you morning about the jujitsu yeah if I didn't go because of how I felt that anxiety, then I would I would never go. Right. I would just it would get harder and harder and harder to yeah. go.
2: And then you would get depressed because you know I should maybe. be going to jujitsu right now. I, I feel, feel like, like shit.
0: You know. Yeah. yeah. Maybe be depressed maybe. or maybe. whatever the word might you know when you're not doing right. Yeah, you're yeah. You're not doing what you're supposed to. So if that's depression, then that's depression or guilt or whatever you might want to call it. But it's the anxiety Versus depression, anxiety causes depression, right? Depression is a symptom of anxiety because generally your anxiety is going to make you put something off or not do it because yeah. you're afraid of the outcome. And then, just like you say, you didn't do it. Now you're bummed out that you didn't do it. You know, you should ask that hot girl out or for a tuggy or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't do it. I regret, you know? yeah.
1: yeah, I saw the the video you did with that one woman about the breathing for anxiety too oh yeah that was, that was good
0: so that's a big part with me shit
2: <coughs> breathing so,
0: yeah i didn't see that video for you but oh man well the, we
2: have a black belt that we train with gary you know and, uh, who uh is married to christine that we talked about earlier we did mention gary's name um you know he after august you know i, I dealt with my anxiety in a bad way and or in a wrong way by drinking 15 Scotches, uh-huh. and I guess I, should I say is it wrong? Maybe it's not wrong, but it's wrong because I did get in my car, you know, and I got lucky, and everybody else got lucky. So I think that sense makes it wrong. I'm not trying to get into the morality of drinking or anything like that. If I was at home in my own living room, it's probably not wrong to get drunk every now and then. But uh, it, it it just caused some negative behavior. But anyways, I reached out to Gary after that, and um, I'm the memory guy, and I just totally lo- oh, Gary's told me he said Ron I, when I would leave jujitsu. Sometimes I would be so amped up at my anxiety that I would start doing breathing exercises. So I started doing breathing exercises after jiu-jitsu a little bit. Maybe not dedicated, but that's one thing I do implement. Definitely other times uh-huh. when I get anxiety, I do rely on breathing a lot just to calm. You can be amazed at how much that just calms you down. Sure. And then once you get calm, those that cortisol that your body is producing to deal with the stress becomes less and less. And when you have this cortisol on your body, your brain's not thinking rationally, and so you know you could be act impulsive or do stupid stuff. And and um, uh, but one thing Gary told me in our phone calls, he's like Ron, you know, you know, don't you've got these chemicals going on in your body. He said he said if I injected somebody with enough estrogen, they would start crying right now. I don't care who they are. That's what <laughs> Gary said. So he said, you know, hormones can make you feel a certain way. So you just got to get a handle on these hormones
1: yeah maybe balancing it out somehow i mean yeah. you know maybe we all have that depression gene but some of us don't have that anti-depression gene that gives us some sort of ability to fight it off or like michael you don't really have a issue with it so you know, maybe you have the gene but you have some other sort of gene that that helps you fight that off somehow i don't know
0: maybe maybe i got sick of seeing that shit <laughs> you know, everywhere around me and yeah. I didn't understand it. Maybe that's the gene. Maybe that was the thing, you know. Maybe mm-hmm. I got sick of hearing how much of an excuse it was because some I uh, I think more often than not it is an excuse. Yeah I and, can believe that. And and fuck, I mean this is this could be another three hours once you get into this shit and and the pharmaceuticals and what happens oh, yeah. and this person's depressed. This person's angry, this person's anxious by the time I was 13 years old, I'd probably seen 30 fucking therapists. You know what I mean? I had already been to every therapist in the Metroplex. They'd already tried to prescribe me any kind, any and every kind of medication. By the time I was 14, I'd already been in the psych ward, you know, and, and uh, saw real crazy people Right. and realized that that wasn't me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just out of control. I was making dumb decisions and... Which made people think I was crazy. Really, yeah. I was just an asshole. Right. And then I got to see real crazy people. And I think that's when I realized, like, look, um, that's a mental problem. These people have mental problems. The people that I'm living around and with that are complaining about this depression, that ain't the same mm-hmm. as what I'm looking at over here. You know, it's just uh, these people are not capable, these people are. And I started categorizing things like that. It wasn't until a little older that I actually started doing anything productive. But that's how I started looking at it, young. Yeah. Um, you want to ask me about psychiatrists and therapists, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna call them the motherfucking devil. That's what I'm calling them, you know, because I never had any good experiences with that any anything you tried to i tried to tell anybody at those young ages and seeing all this to me seemed mis- like it got misconstrued all of a sudden i needed to be in this cookie cutter lane mm-hmm. i needed to be this certain way and they weren't understanding that i'm not that fucking way but they were going to make me that way yeah. right? and no way i mean from from psychiatrists and therapists to physically trying to make you do something and holding you down and slamming you on walls and yelling you in the fucking face and calling you names to the person that would just sit back and listen and then still tell you you're wrong and you needed to do it another way, whatever method it was, to me, I was like, man, I just see right through you, motherfuckers. You guys are here for a paycheck. It was yeah. very. I didn't come across any ever. That's sad. That that seemed like they gave two fucks or were were willing to understand a creative mind or a wild mind or anything. I had to find that somewhere else. It wasn't in therapists. It wasn't in people with degrees. Those were the ones that were doing the worst for me. That's how I looked at it. You know, um, I had to find it in older people. Yeah. So, uh,
2: but you found it, you know, I found a guy that, that will talk philosophically about me. You know, sometimes, you know, we're just we're kind of like you guys you know we're bouncing ideas off of each other and he just has, happens to be a guy that i pay to bounce ideas <laughs> off of yeah. like, right. because he's older and smart but it it works for me just like when i uh you know i was training for a memory tournament i hired a navy seal to be my coach for a memory tournament people are like that's the craziest thing and i like, no, no 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 this works for me and they're like i've hired that same guy and it didn't work for me i'm like well you don't understand what I, what he's saying i'm just i'm intentionally purposefully buying into what he's saying and implementing it and i'm telling myself i'm buying into it and uh and that helps me so you knew this guy beforehand did you know him Uh, yeah uh your coach yes okay well the the navy seal coach yes yes
0: you knew him okay so you had that rapport and that respect and that belief Yeah. That to me that that was really hard to do. Walking into a room and sitting it is. on a couch it is, yeah. and saying, "Oh, I get that." So where I kind of got mine outside of family is I had a, a hockey coach from a really young age, and I grew up with. He's one of the most incredible human beings in the world, and what he what he did is he let me fuck up. He let me be me. You know what I'm saying, and then tried to correct me, you know, and Uh say that didn't work and this worked. But he also always told me he believed in me. He also always told me he knew I would get to where I needed to go, regardless of how things were going now, that he believed I would figure it out and he would always be there. So still to this day, I talk to this person, you know, and if I'm, if I'm having a rough go in life, I might not have talked to him for years. I will call him up. He will answer the phone and he and he'll be be—he'll tell me, yes, sir, where do you want to have dinner? Where do you want to have lunch? And he didn't have a degree. I didn't go into his office. This was a person that was relatable, that understood, and just let me kind of be me and then gave me some direction. And so asking me about
2: therapists is rough, but I've never yeah. been to one as an adult either. Right. As a kid, I was. Well, yeah. You know, yeah, and I've talked to lots of adults who who say the exact same thing you do, and I think it's, number one, maybe I just got lucky, and then number two, maybe I went in with the attitude of, I'm going to buy into whatever he says and give it a shot, even, you know, what I, mean? I think buying into something, but it has to be rational, if he had been talking to me all religious or something, I wouldn't have been oh, able to I buy into I it. I would have shut down, <laughs> that was the
0: other thing that happened, I didn't have religion my whole life until my stepfather came into the picture. I had never really been to fucking church what's that and then when my stepfather came in the picture, it was church yep. all the fucking time right, right. <laughs> born again Christian this Christian that you know and and i I had already said nah I'm not gonna do that i don't I didn't trust what was happening in front of me with all that and um, but I mean lo and behold, I end up in private schools and then a Baptist school and I get to I get kicked I get kicked out after months of trying uh, to get kicked out, uh, you know, right. um, only because I told them they, they asked me why I wouldn't memorize a fucking Bible verse, and I told them I was Antichrist. So, <laughs> so they called my fucking mom right there, and they said you need to come get your son. Meanwhile, you need to come for get three, your Antichrist. For, for three months, I'd done beat up the dean's fucking son and all this, and gotten in fights and been trying to get kicked out, but they like that paycheck. <laughs> But you tell you tell anybody at the Southern Baptist School that you're the Antichrist and they want you out right then. (laughs) I don't even believe in any of that shit. I just thought it was clever at the time. You know. I was just pissed off. Yeah. Well, you ain't gonna do that? No, I'm the Antichrist. (laughs) Boom (laughs) Miss Wisman, you need to come get your fucking son. That's like that's like saying bomb on an airplane. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my mom Out. And this was kind of funny, um, that started because somebody had drawn a bunch of dicks and stuff all in the bathroom, and they started, they blamed me, and I really didn't do it. Um, and that started, and my mom had. I could
2: draw one much better. Let m- me show you.
0: Yeah, <laughs> my mom had come up and they had shown her all the drawings, and what was that? And my mom told him, there's no way my son did that. He's a way better artist. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what my fucking mom said.
3: Uh, you know? and I, I was like, I that. told you.
0: <laughs> so that was, you know, one of the times my mom backed me up. And then, you know, she, you know, when she was there, and they want me to do all this as my punishment, I was like, I didn't fucking do anything. That's great. it wasn't fucking uh, me. Oh yeah, but you need to repent. You're a little lost cause. So why don't you memorize this? I ain't doing it. Fuck you. I'm the Antichrist. Get out of here. <laughs> you yeah. know bang there you go so if you ever <laughs> need to get out of church just you know tell, <laughs> them tell the, antichrist. the antichrist they'll probably help oh you out
1: yeah. hey ron i've got this thing that i do on my podcast that i do a one second answer to a one second question oh, man. so I just i just give you two I choices
0: jealous. i didn't even do that last time i was jealous when i heard that
1: no you did didn't we i did on everyone mm-hmm. i'm gonna Jen, pull, i'm gonna...
2: didn't give a one second i'm gonna, no, I'm, gonna not, uh... I'm gonna pull it back up it's hot air <laughs>
1: No context, just whatever. All right, dog or cat? Dog. Netflix at home or a movie in the theater?
2: Uh, I like movies. I do like movies. The theater? Yeah.
1: Okay. Upstairs or downstairs?
2: Downstairs.
1: Morning or evening? Evening. Classical music or classic rock?
2: Classic rock.
1: Inside or outside? outside fly or drive
2: mm. uh, if i can do it i like d- drive okay i was breaking the rules <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh past or future
2: oh past
1: burger or salad Uh
2: burger
0: I didn't even know that was a real question.
2: <laughs> well, I got a weight problem. You don't. You never know. You uh, never
1: know. Wood or metal? Uh, wood. Walk or run? Walk. Coaching or learning? Learning. Ocean or mountains? Mountains. Cold or hot? Cold. Push ups or pull ups? Push ups. <laughs> heads or tails? Oh, oh,
2: okay. Uh heads. Heads it is. Oh, nice. that's that's the nice. last the last three or four of <laughs> have, have guessed it. Nice. <laughs> nice. All right, that was
1: it. I only have one more question. Okay. which is, I mean, since we were talking about depression and stuff too, and anxiety, have you ever meditated or have any experience of meditation?
2: That's, you know what, that is a solution that I don't use as much as I should have, that I should. I've never done it like formally, like with an instructor where I know mm-hmm. I'm doing it right, Right. you know, but I've done it informally where I'm doing it my way. And just last week I did some breathing exercises, and visualization, and a meditated. I meditated. Um, I started this thing where I wanted to, every morning I made the acronym brain. I want to breathe every morning, do a breathing exercise for mm-hmm. a few minutes. I want to read something. Um, I want to, uh, achieve something, you know, and I was imagine, and I just want to imagine how my day is going to be. And so I, uh, uh, imagined, I kind of meditated, but imagining what my day was going to be like. And the only thing I could think of was doing jujitsu. And after I got done, I was like, man, I didn't even want to do jujitsu today. But now I imagined it. So I guess I got to go. <laughs> uh, but that really wasn't meditation. Meditation is more clearing your mind. Yes. But I'm trying to do both because I believe that that helps. It helps in calming your brain down. Yeah.
1: Because you're still focusing on some, well, you're focusing on things that aren't stressing you out. Right. For one thing. You know, if you're, thinking of how your day is going to go, you could latch on to something that's going to be stressful or you're dreading, but you could be looking to do something fun or special that day and, you know, focus more on that. But yeah, if you're just wide open, letting all your thoughts come in and not really paying attention to what's going on, yeah. you know, you're letting in all sorts of random things that you probably don't need. Definitely don't want. It's just going to be a distraction. But yeah, that's the, that's the biggest thing that it has changed in my life was when I started meditating and I would, that was, going to be my suggestion if uh if you hadn't dealt with that before
2: well it's something that i try to implement and um the breathing is so easy for me i'll even do that when i'm driving meditation is something i'm trying to get more focused on Mm -hmm. Uh, but i believe in what you're saying and i believe it does change you know the the chemicals you know the hormones in your body and when you think more positive thoughts and so uh i uh should implement it more than i do
1: I would say it's really more of a, not just positive thoughts, but absence of thoughts yeah. completely. I don't know if I asked you, Micah, about that last time.
0: No, you probably already knew the answer. Uh, nah. You're not, you're, <laughs> not,
1: you're not a yoga meditation Nah, man. Meditation uh, guy?
0: I'm a deep thinker, I and mean, I'm listening to my metal and driving in my car. I am probably got something on my brain. Yeah. Um, but that's never really been my I grew up around a bunch of hippies. Right. I was like, "Ah." and that though, Emily is the first one that got me to go to
1: a meditation. Emily's his cousin. Yeah. She met her. her. Yeah. My ex-wife. Yeah. I Um, just found that out.
0: um, So she's,
1: so she took me to a crystal bowl meditation and that's where I had my first experience. That was like, Emily's fucking out there. brother. Kind of missed me. She's got a,
0: a she's got her own, own way of things. I got mine and I, (laughs) and I, and I love her for it. You know, uh, but yeah that's a uh, I never thought too much about it. I'm not a denier I just
1: yeah it well it sounds like you don't really i'm not gonna say you don't need it. it could benefit anybody, but uh I don't think I'm gonna like try it man, you really need to, you really need to
0: no, but I stretch every day a lot, yeah, and you can that's and I do the thing breathe is, a lot I but think that's
1: when, big. whenever whenever. So last year that was my thing was I was I had a routine that I was doing every day. I think I went for the first 6 months I did it every every wow. day. I might have missed like 3 days or something in that time, but it was stretching for 10 to 15 minutes, doing 10 minutes of meditation, doing 20 push-ups and 5 strict wide grip pull-ups mm-hmm. it was just like a routine of certain things I did it's not not too much for every right. single day and I, I it was like an hour basically just just asking an hour of my day mm-hmm. and doing that when I was meditating every day that that made a huge difference and I I haven't done it I mean I've I've done it maybe a handful of times in the past month which is well i down always a lot, feel better
0: whenever I get a good stretch in I can walk straight and not waddle around yeah. oh yeah and um there's a point during it that you feel your lungs go when they open up and you're like, ah, oh, okay, there's the intake that I mm-hmm. needed of oxygen yeah. and thoughts, right? And that's really about it. And then my body feels good to go. Yeah. But multiple times throughout the day, I'm stretching and I, I'm i a big advocate for it. We don't always, in all of our classes at the gym, we we don't always have a lot of time for that. Because it's one on top of the other, but I teach yeah. a class in on Tuesday and Thursday mornings that's generally pretty small. It's a two hour class, and probably our first twenty to thirty minutes is just stretching and not a lot of people like to do that yeah but most people want to come in get to um, it. get I rowdy it. I love and it. then leave right yeah. and nobody wants to do all the little steps in between they don't want to they don't want to stretch they don't want to warm up they don't want to breathe and they don't want to drill. So when okay. you come to my classes in the morning and we're two hours, we might have 20 to 30 minutes of stretching and an hour and a half to two hours of technique. We might be there long. Mm-hmm. And we might never grapple. That's uh, that's my class that has the fewest amount of people because to them it's less fun. Yeah. When you break things down like that, you realize how bad you really are. Right. <laughs> and, and people sure. hate that. Yeah. Now, when we do one move for an hour and a half, you realize how fucking bad you are at it. And and then trying to branch off into that, into something else. If I only get one technique in my two hours out to my class, I'm okay with that. And if at the end of that two hours, if we need to do it some more, then I'll see you on Thursday morning with the same thing. Yeah. And then when we get to a certain point, then we can move on. Until then, w- what are we skipping around for? Yeah. Um, but most people can't handle that. They want to get in. They feel, they want to feel like they got a result, and, and the result that they want is in sweat equity, right, and oh, okay. and, and things like that. Um, it's not in technique. I don't I don't I don't understand that. Yeah, cause uh,
1: especially with that kind of sport, technique is huge. It's everything. If you want
0: <laughs> to make right. some progress, Every, it's everything, right? <laughs> and they're ignoring it, right? Yeah. All the time. I mean,
1: I wouldn't be super excited to go into a class and stretch, but I know how good I would feel afterwards. So, yeah. I mean, it's not for nothing. It's not for show.
0: So, I'll give the, I'll give the little announcement because I'm going to tag all my students and members in that. You motherfuckers get into class in the morning and come do some technique, you lazy bums. <laughs> right. Yeah, come do some technique. The and, stretch is um, good for come me. Come do the boring parts. Yeah. It's, it's good for you.
1: Yeah. No, it is. Exercise is patience, too. Yeah. Ron, that's pretty much all I had for you. I have just like two little quick questions for you. But um, I just want to say I really appreciate you coming over and sharing everything.
2: Ron's a man. Well, I have tremendous respect for Micah. And, you know, if he would have said, hey, Ron, I need you to go stand on your head in the corner and eat pizza (laughs) and sing uh, happy birthday to you for the next hour. Will you do it? I'd have been like yeah man. what what day do you want me to do that? February 23rd I'll do, okay. <laughs> I'll do it. Now that doesn't say I mean I don't enjoy this in meeting you, and I had fun. I did, but I'm saying I'm happy to be here because sure.
1: Of um, if anybody's interested in learning more about you and what you're, what you have to offer and everything, like your classes and stuff, where would they where would they go? I'll put some links, but I mean, if you just yeah. want to
2: throw anything out, no worries on that. A few years ago, me and my friend Brian, the one I brought up earlier. He said to me, he said, Ron, Paul Homie is a black belt in Jujitsu, And he pointed at me, and he said, you are a black belt in memory. And I said, oh, I like that. I'm going to call my new class black belt memory. So blackbeltmemory.com. Okay. Yeah. But I named it. Brian named my course. Fucking Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Asshole. He's, he's fucking he's everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, he's everywhere. He just texted me. you know. Like I thought I was with you. He's like, tell Micah I said, sup. <laughs> 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 sup. All I wanted
1: to ask you is just about Dustin and Aubrey. What's one thing that either either a question I should ask or a subject we should talk about for each of them that you would recommend or that you would like to hear?
0: Oh, okay. For Dustin, I want you to ask him about the trip that all we did is eat macaroni with paint sticks. <laughs> all right, uh, that'll be pretty crazy. Uh, I won't, I won't even get into it. And then, um, oh man, my, this is so wild, man. I wouldn't know what to ask my sister. Cause I don't know what direction it would go. <laughs> um, you just better fucking hold on for you to your fucking pants. When my sister rolls in here, right. dude. I would say, um, or one thing to stay away from nothing. <laughs> nothing you just she you said she said nothing, nothing. is off the you table. gotta know that you know yeah <laughs> i'm not wearing any underwear that's kind of like that's kind of like aubrey right there she's ready to party dude and and she's gonna say straight i'm gonna is she the one that did that twerking stuff no oh, No. <laughs> oh no. you know who i'm talking about oh that's not my sister but that's a different <laughs> aubrey <laughs> she's
2: got the same personality i met her at uh, Victor's. oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah aubrey yeah she's a trip to uh, that'd be really weird if that was my sister. Cause that, that chick's fucking hot. But she that, is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's how that goes. Okay. I'd say with with Aubrey. Um, ask Aubrey when she grew up. That's what I would ask her. <laughs> and you're probably gonna get a really colorful answer. I bet. You know. I think that I think that would be a good one because we, her and I were kind of bullshitting about that the other day, so it might flow right in. Um, okay. I'd have a hard time giving you a specific. Yeah, yeah. No, that's an inci- incident. It might go a little far. <laughs> uh, right. Aubrey's a trip, man. She's. If I'm a hundred miles an hour, she's five hundred miles an hour. <laughs> okay. It just like that, and. Uh, yeah. No, Aubrey's a trip. I'm glad she's doing good, man. And if. If you want some crazy stories, yeah, she's got way more crazy ones. Awesome. Than I do.
1: I'll look forward to it. All right, guys. Well, I think I'm done. Hey, Unless what? you got anything else you want to share?
0: Nope. No man,
2: uh, no STDs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, nothing like that. <laughs> when I was in the military, we uh, this is you know we were uh, we had to get our medical records, and they said find your blood type, and I couldn't find my blood type, so I went up to the doctor, and I'm there's like. 50 people in the room and I, so I handed my papers to the doctor and I said hey man I can't find my blood type and this doctor started going through my medical records and he was like okay male born in 1973 no STDs and I was like what the fuck and then I like so I turned to everybody and I said hear that ladies no STDs that's right and 50 people mm-hmm. looked back at me not laughing and I was just like oh uh, my god uh, was, damn it that's how that goes I did what I could Hey man, I got to end this. How about this? Hold What's up that, that number. So okay. I can't see it. Okay. Let's see if I can say it. Oh, that'd be awesome. All right. So, Le- let me uh I don't know if I'm going to get it right. If you don't get it right, been I won't share three hours. it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh 783426173141 one, uh 127 eight and then after that's two nine, is that right? Mm-hmm. And then zero four three zero, eight, eight. and then six, six. is it six, zero next? Yes Okay. And then uh, the next one after that's two two one four. And then uh two four zero seven seven three one 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 nine five seven nine three seven five six zero. Oh, we I got this one. I think uh, the four two you was
0: flipped a... your four two. Yeah. You flipped it to twenty four and now forty two. Oh, all right. that's pretty good. Okay, I'll take <laughs> it. I'll still take it. <laughs> I was I was ready to awesome. say that that was my mistake. Like I just heard you wrong. Oh no, you're right. It was. <laughs> you're right. It was. <laughs> that's great. No. Okay. Awesome.
2: All right, well guys, yeah, thanks cool. for having me on. I enjoyed it. It was such a it was fun a blast, fun rusty.
1: Until next time. Thanks, man. See you.
3: Escape Pod.